Hello, and welcome to Mechtrospective, the podcast where we cover everything from Astro Boy to Mazinger Z. I'm Tooch. I'm Devin, and oh my god, we finally made it. The fu- I- honestly, I'm- like, regardless of anything actually in the show, I'm so proud of us. Yeah, we did this. We did it. We watched a- we watched a 50, 50 plus episode mecha series, and you know what? It didn't feel like shit. I'm ready for the next one. Yeah, I'm I'm I am very excited to sink my teeth into Edeon. It's a little shorter. Edeon I think is only thirty eight. Yeah. And it has but we have the two movies, so we're gonna have that's gonna be four parts as well. Yeah, I and, and I've seen I've seen the first Edeon movie, so I'm very excited to one, get any fucking context for that rushed thing, and then two, uh see the second one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Uh, um, I think like after Edeon, I I am, because it's like I was a little, because I was a little like uh, not worried, but I was a little taken aback that you wanted to do Edeon, uh, because I was like, oh man, like, Votoms is pretty like you know existential and pretty dr- and, like and pretty, it's pretty melancholic, but I'm like fucking Edeon is is like, it's like a manic depressive episode, <laughs> and I love yeah. Edeon. Yeah, no, honestly, like, um, and the the only reason, well, I, I just remember, like, you always, you always, like, low-key hyped Edeon. Honestly, the, the main, my main draw to Edeon was when you told me forever ago that, uh, that if the Edeon blows up in Super Robot Wars, it's a game over. <laughs> well, in Super Robot Wars, F. Uh-huh. It, well, F final, in that one specifically. But I still, yeah, the Edeon is probably, uh, I think, something that could rival a uh, rival a Shin Getter or a Getter Emperor or one or like and, and some the, of the, the thing- we have we have other. I know there's other mechs that are gonna inhabit that circle, probably like a Genesis Galgaiar. Right, and like the, I I'd have to rewatch Galgaiar final, but even that I don't think. I think Galgaiar is just like powerful, but in like a Dragon Ball Z like fucking, this is just like Galgaiar, like Genesis Galgaiar just feels like fucking Super Saiyan 3 Galgaiar to me in terms yeah. of like what purpose it served but I'd have to rewatch it. I'm, Definitely. I was a shaky on that plot. I would, but... say, I would say, you know what? The, the same weight class for that kind of super robot would be like, you got your Gunbuster, I'd say Mazenkaiser. Yes. I'd yes. say I'd say Armageddon Shingetter. Yeah, all Genesis of the, all of the oviation get like both oviation getters. This is like this is like the top tier like power like this is like your this is like a, like a, that's your cream of the crop like high power it's, max. Yeah, before it's you start getting your, into like your, Go, your Goku robots, it, before you, you, have start, to, you have to yell hard. Before getting into like the more like ex- the, the, these things are so powerful that it, the very nature of its existence is terrifying. Yeah, and the the thing that I love about Edeon is like arguably all of the other mech that are like that have some sort of intimidation factor inherent in their design. Uh, like the Shin Getter just like looks it looks slightly more alive than the other Getter robots. It's got fucking pupils. And like you know, etc. Edeon is just an extremely tall <laughs> g- GM. Yeah, it, it looks with like a fucking GM. knives for feet. It has some big shoulder pylons, which I think is. Yeah. I know Hideaki Anno loves Edeon, and it's one of the main inspirations for Evangelion. I also think that's also why the Gunbuster has such big like shoulder pylons. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but that's... so like, but but so much of the but like Edeon 
is not, you know, you cannot judge Ideon by just its design. You cannot glean anything that Ideon is actually about. And I think that's what probably makes, that. that's probably why so many people just haven't bothered to look into it, because they look at that and go like, oh, that's like a big toy or whatever. Like, I don't need it, to watch yeah. that. I could see I could see somebody less versed in Mecha looking at the Ideon and making because that's what I always thought. I'm like, oh, like it's, this looks fun because it's a big combiner and and Tomino made it, but like I don't know, it doesn't seem like it's about anything. The protagonist is a dumb afro. Yeah, I would say that's one thing you're you're probably gonna not like about Ideon is the fact that like Cosmo is a pretty weak protagonist compared to like Amuro. Yeah, but uh, for speaking now, of dumb afros, speaking of dumb afros, but very good protagonists. <laughs> I need, before I declare that this is the best arc of Votoms, because I've said that every episode, um, I would, now, how would you rate these, like, from best to worst, uh, arc-wise? Because I would rate, rate it probably four, three, two, one. Every arc gets incrementally better. Definitely. I think, I think I, I will agree, like, my asking me to rank things is such a fucking annoying mess coming from my mouth because my mind my mind always ranks things qu- quote unquote objectively which doesn't exist yeah and then <laughs> I I do one ob- I do one objective take and then one more personal take that feels more personally objective to me so maybe if I were if I can psychoanalyze myself for a second maybe that's just me pandering to imaginary people who don't actually exist if i'm afraid they'll yell at me i don't know. <laughs> I do the same fucking shit um but i don't want to be like so you know what like my favorite my favorite arcs um shit what was what was nam planet called cumin cumin my favorite um my favorite arc is the cumin arc that's my favorite that's my number what? one okay um but then it's definitely four four three one so then, then Quint, Sansa. Are we gonna are we gonna go Quint or Quaint? What do you want to do? Um, I like Quint because it's not an actually English word. Yeah, it's not a word. I like Quint. It's just easier to remember, and I, I'm pretty sure that's how it was subtitled. That's how the subtitles spelled it. And you know how much can how much of that can you objectively glean from like Quinto? But yeah, Quinto. It could really go either way. Uh, this arc is pretty nuts. Let's talk about the... There's only three new mech designs, and we're going to talk about the big battle OVA at the end. Oh, the, the protagonist of Berserk is called Gatsu? <laughs> there, I'm... <laughs> so there's a, um... So I'm a big fan of Suda51, and I got really into his older games, and they're all coming back to his, uh, in No More Heroes 3 into one big continuity called Kill the Past. Uh, and mm-hmm. it would take an entire podcast for me to explain that like in, in greater detail, but one of the games is called one of the games earlier in that same continuity is called Twilight Syndrome, but we on the old Suda fifty one wiki, every time we try to change the title from Twilight Twilight Syndrome to Twilight Syndrome, it would always be changed back by the admin. <laughs> 
And I, it's 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 something and that was one of the many factors that led to us just saying, fuck it, we're going to make our own wiki. Yeah, God, that's man. What that's I like that. What a power move. Fuck it. Literally like, fuck it. We'll make our own wiki. The other one was so full of misinformation and bullshit anyway. So now we're like, we're making a better one. And now people with, are starting to edit it. It's awesome. With blackjack and legitimate romanization. <laughs> <laughs> with blackjack and comedy. <laughs> but uh, that's a different podcast. Uh, so, the, I, this might this so th- does this arc change the show for you at all? Like, does it recontextualize the show a little bit? Because it did for me now that I fully remember the context of this arc because I just watched it. I mostly Fun- remember the ending. Fundamentally, and, and I mean, like, honestly, like even before I knew anything about this, like the way you hyped it up and the kind of shit that 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 one ova hyped hyped up roots of ambition yeah yeah like roots of ambition set the stage really well for me so i i wasn't exactly like super full honestly like i i would love to like behold the viewing globe and look at an alternate universe where you were like tooch don't watch roots of ambition and just watch quant um i would have lost my goddamn mind um Um, I think in a good way, though. I still think I would have. I wanted to hype you because I was so excited for to talk about about Wiseman and all the weird shit yes. that goes on in this arc. I'm just gonna say right now, like if if you this episode might sell you on Votoms, um, and if you just listen to our podcast about watching the shows, like I know a couple of people do. Um, I highly recommend watching this. This is incredible. Yeah, if the, this is the one, this is the this is one of the ones where we're where we're gonna tell you up front. Like, if you've been like, oh man, I'm maybe I'll check out fucking Votoms uh, after this. Like, you should save the rest of this podcast for after. Yeah, this is gonna be all from like here on out. We're just gonna go deep into casual spoilers. And I know, and I know, we literally had an enormous chunk of time where a lot of our episodes were not listenable. Uh, but let me assure you now, we promise this will be here when you get back. <laughs> oh yes, we promise. Um, but so, but but going into that, what I was gonna say was like, even though the the roots of ambition set up the tone, what did surprise me was that. You know, n- not only was the end, like was was how much the whole arc really led up to the ending. I was really expecting like another another handful of episodes of like Kiriko doing mercenary war type shit, and then the last handful of episodes would be all of the super out there bullshit. But like from the jump, as soon as he lands on Quent, it's a different show. Yeah, it, this this la this the change in tone. I feel in a lesser show you would be confused, but no, it's just like the atmosphere of the show perceptively with how, changes. Perce- you yeah. can perceive its change, especially with how with how Sunset leaves off of just like you know. I think I made a joke to you, but just like this, this very ominous thing of like go, you know, go to the Dagobah system. Go to Dagobah. It's like it's like Kiriko. Go to go to Quint. All of your ans- all of your questions will be answered. It's like, ooh, Quent, what's going to be on And, there, like, right? Ro- Rochina suddenly showing up as, like, the on the other side. And suddenly showing up for Balaran. Like, Rochina ha- is a main, is now a main cast member in this arc, finally. As opposed yeah. to kind of a lingering fo- a, a force on the horizon. Like, Killy, who also the leader of the Secret Society, he's in here, too. 
the Schmetal twins are kind of along for the ride, and they're almost more of an audience surrogate than fucking Kiriko is. They, honestly, they glowed up this arc. I'm, I'm glad they got, like, something to do, because I, because when they are first, in, when I first, when I first met them in the fucking, um... Last Red Shoulder. The Last Red Shoulder OVA, I was like, okay, these are some good cronies, and, like, they had, they fucking, to their credit, they had a fucking part to play. Yeah, they had a nice little arc for this season. Uh, I, that, what, my favorite thing in this entire show is, um... Aron wears brown and Guron wears green. That's how you can tell them apart. And I think it was, um, I think it was Aron that had the weird, like, orb alien pet thing. Yeah. <laughs> can I, can we just shout that thing out for a second? Because I love that che- thing. Chekhov's Tribble. Yes, I love his fucking Tribble. Um, they're great in this arc. Uh, and then we have Wiseman, who I think we should save that for the summary because that's such a crux of this, but... Yeah. Th- if that, you haven't already stopped and you want to watch it, like, now, like, stop now. This baby. is emergency breaks, like, right now. Yeah. This is the last chance to get off the scary roller coaster. Ba-da-bop. And, uh... <laughs> and the, the title card just says the scary roller coaster. The scary roller coaster. <laughs> um, so we got, the, we'll, we got the mech designs. We do. We do. We got we got one for, for Big Battle when we get to Big Battle, and then we have, um... So we got the Zwerg, which is the, what the Secret Society use in uh, on Quint. They, they, they don't use a tortoise type anymore, despite they have a similar cockpit. They're kind of shorter and wider and look like they're kind of made. I think that's why the, the weight is just distribu- distributed differently, so it can cruise across a desert without getting stuck in the sand. Yeah, probably. And they have the weird little hovercraft things later on. Yeah, probably to also legs. to keep them from sinking into the sand. <laughs> which was a nice design. I like that. I, that's believable. Yeah. Uh, that that's some good little that's a nice little touch of world building that people you know okay we're on a desert planet yeah because because one thing i did like because i i also have a couple people interested in votoms and one thing i did tell them was like oh yeah no it's like a sci-fi it takes place on multiple planets like of most of them are just kind of barren desert worlds but <laughs> it's well, still good just, trust me we're all we've only seen three planets so far we got melchio which i think is like kind of like an earth-like planet that's kind of fucked up yeah, he just yeah, Kiriko just so happened to end up on like shitty locations. Yeah, and then he went There's... to Sunso, which is bombed to hell, and this was bombed to hell three thousand years ago. Well, I I I would say I would say, could you imagine like Kiriko being in like multiple hellscapes on the same planet, and then like a a country over, everything's perfectly fine, and everyone's having a normal one? But that's just Earth, my dude. Yeah. So, um, that's, the, so what do you think of this word? Do you like, you like this boy? Uh, she purple. She purple. I like, it's, I like it. It's a good, it's a good design. Um, so beneath that, we got Kiriko's, um, we got Kiriko's dog for this, uh, that was, cause that's what I, I like that about the big battles, that Kiriko's like, I prefer dog type armor troop, AT, dog type ATs, and I'm like, oh, so it's like a series. Fucking furry. <laughs> But you were saying, like, why are they all dogs? Because I guess that's just, like, that, that, that line or that style of, like, the dome-headed AT is called, like, a dog. Yeah, they're the dogs of war. Listen. So we got the strike dog. No, we got the rabidly dog. The, it's, like, rabid, but L-Y. The rabidly dog. Maybe uh, they thought rabidly was, like, an English word that we use <laughs> to describe something. Oh, it's it it, it attacked rabidly. Actually, would that like work? A, like is that ra- going to make a bunch of zigzags if I were to type that in? I'm not sure because you got rapidly like running really fast, rabid like a dog. So maybe oh. he's trying to be like rapid Rabidly, and rabid. 
Like a rabid dog? Rabidly is a word. It is an adjective. What is a dictionary? What does it say? It, you know, it, to, to be rabid, like irrationally extreme in opinion or practice, a rabid, like someone who's rabid, to be ra- to be oh. or act rabid. Oh, wow, I I know the English language. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, apparently it is a word. Thank you, Japan. You know, um, thank you, Ryusuke, Ta- Ryusuke Takahashi. You know uh, English better than I do. Or Kunio Okawara, or maybe both. Fucking Friabu. <laughs> So we, uh, so what do you think of this compared, I, beneath this I linked a picture of Ypsilon's strike dog from the Sunsa arc and the end of Kumin. Uh, it's, it's definitely, I think it's definitely a glow up. You know, there, there's some, there's some, there's some varying shades of blue to break up the design real nice. It, it has the same color scheme as Lasner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I like it has the two antennas, kind of like, mm-hmm. they both have the two antennas and the crab claw on one arm, because... If you remember back in Wudu, Fianna's had, like, a machine gun arm. Mm-hmm. And the, these have, like, a claw and a machine gun, so maybe it's, like, an upgrade of that when you think about it. Yeah. But, uh, I like that this one retains the, the three, the spinning three eyes, as opposed to the one that, uh, Ypsilon had, the strike dog that had the one big kind of weird eye. Yeah, you always, li- like, you, you always love to see multiple rotating eyes in photons. It's, That's, it's, 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 you love to see it. So then we have another Berserga unit. How did you feel? How, so you were a little, like, a little off on the... Because this is the... I think the Berserga WD is the one that Shaco uses in Kumin. And then this one is the Berserga DT that's used by Fianna. And uh, I... they're, not too di- they're not too different in design. This one has a little more, is a little more red. The other one was a little more blue. Yeah. This one's apparently older, according to the lore. According to, like, an offhand line by Shaco, this is an older one. I guess I could believe it, yeah. Like, Shaka was using a newer one when he was a mercenary. Ooh, but, uh, boy. now that you know more about Quent and, like, it's, it's like, history and society, do you, do you like the design a little better? Uh, like, so, like, these, so, like, this design of mech is specifically Quentian? Yes, like, that, because that was, that was the thing, is that they make, like, an offhand line that, like, Shaka is a Quentian or a Quentman, and, uh, like, they don't really elaborate on what that is. And then, like, kind of, Coconut reminds you, like, when they're first landing on Quent, she's like, wasn't Shaco from Quent? Like, I think mm. Coconut said that to kind of, like, um, well, well, that was actually after Shaco already showed back up, but, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, just remind him, the audience that he was relevant somewhat back in Kumin. Um... I, 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 I do I do like it. Like, it's, as a line of mechs in a wider universe, like, it's... It it is, it is good. It is just like, um, I I think one of one of my main takeaways, like of a fleeting notion that I had while watching this, um, and that I ultimately, uh, and that I ultimately like dropped, like whenever it came to mind, was like, is this a mech series? <laughs> yes. Um. And it is, of course it is, of course it is. But I guess what I mean when I think about that question is, like, like one of the things I love about this show is that it doesn't necessarily, like, it's, it's, it is a mech series that is not about the mechs, which arguably is a quasi-genre, or at least a type of plot trope in this genre, but also not super common. Yeah, I, I do like that, 
they they make less of a deal out of them. Like mobile suits are very important in the universe of Gundam, whereas armor troopers are kind of just they are what is used for for war in this universe, and that is the extent of it. Kiriko yeah, doesn't so I... doesn't marvel a bit at an AT, and it's the same as a tanker and looking at a Hummer or a Humvee. So while so I, I guess what I'm saying is like well part part of me part of me would love to see like some some extra like world building lore that does go deeper into the varying like the the varying uh AT types and how they're different why they're different the design choices inherent to whatever culture or country was manufacturing them um but also i feel like if the proper show itself went into that it would be it would be doing a disservice to everything else Armored Trooper Votoms is trying to do. This Armored Trooper Votoms is very focused in what it wants to do. And I feel that, like, that's not saying this franchise can't, but the original installment Votoms, like, with the story of Kiriko, I think they were very focused on what they wanted to focus on. Yes. It was less broadly, you know, less. it's a less broad show. It's really focused on what themes it wants to talk about. And that, that came across in this art, because I feel that, like... Because the, the show doesn't outright explain a lot of its mysteries, <laughs> but after they explain kind of the main mystery of what's actually been going on this whole time, then everything else kind of falls into place through reason and logic. Or at least through... Uh, maybe I'm just making headcanons. I don't know. No, I, I, I do think... I think it's just that everything does fall into place, but... but you you can you can do that work it's it's not as obtuse but i think of like i think of like a, a like a dark souls like yeah. it is giving you all of the pieces and there is a narrative through line but it's not gonna fucking you know i I know he's your boy, but this show isn't gonna be written like a Kojima game where yeah. they make absolutely fucking certain that every line of dialogue is like, do you know what the theme is yet? Let us tell you again oh, yeah. in this other cutscene. I love cut Hideo Kojima, but he's far from subtle. And <laughs> Honestly, his lack of subtlety part of me, is part of what I like about him. Also, part of me just wonders if Kojima just doesn't trust gamers <laughs> to I, I fucking that... follow him at all. <laughs> I mean, would you fucking blame him? Not really. <laughs> I love Kojima. But, yeah, it's... It, like, for example, I was starting to think of, like, so what ultimately was the purpose of Fiona and, and Ypsilon? They don't really straight out say that. They explain what Kiriko's purpose was, but then you're like... But then if you sit there and think about it for maybe a couple minutes, you can then really... Like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and, you know, like, and, you know, well, Wise Man does... Pos I think there's multiple things going on. There is absolutely, like, what... there There is... there are There are answers to what do all of the characters and specific plot moments what do they represent literally in a in a textual sense and then there is also the second question of how do these characters and plot moments affect the overall theme and and tones and and and, and like messages that they're going for i think those are, are two different answers yeah this show, this show, once again, I think I, before we get into the summary and yeah. and and our group because this one's going to be long because a lot happens in this arc, and we're probably some of it we're probably not going to remember entirely in order or accurately. We're going to be. I think like this 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 was such a like because a lot does happen, but also it really was one kind of continuous moving 
thread. Yeah, this so I even think we're gonna be Sansa. all over the place. We're gonna be all over the place a little bit, y'all. All yeah, the more this... reason to actually watch this arc before you listen. Yes, definitely, because there's a lot to talk about, but we also need to give a lot of context. So we might not give as much context as we usually give, just because of the sheer volume of stuff that happens. Yeah. And I mean, if you even if hey, if you want that context about watching the show. MAHQ has an, has comprehensive reviews of every episode with a full like six paragraph synopsis of each episode. Damn, so nice. you can do that. Sometimes when I when I want to review an arc, I'll zip through, I'll just scan through a couple of those <laughs> just so I can remember some finer details after like right like I do that like an hour before I record. That site is great. Yeah. Uh, they have their own podcast, which I haven't listened to, but I, apparently it's good. So that's where I guess we'll begin is with uh, this this Kiriko just showing up in the desert like just land instead of, and then walking to a city made me think is like wow is there really like are all these like ships and shuttles going like manually so Kiriko like couldn't see couldn't literally see a city with his eyes so he just landed wherever <laughs> is that how this works in this universe and I totally would believe it but Kiriko I mean, like, lands on Ara- on Arrakis <laughs> planet big. Planet big. He just he fucking came at it from the wrong end, and he was like, "Ah, shit. I guess I'll walk." <laughs> or he just ran out of fuel and couldn't properly land somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. Who could say? But Kiriko is essentially out of the desert arc. This was the most desert planet episode. Was the first one because they don't really go into too much of like you standard desert tropes. Like, Sunset did more of that than they did in this. Yeah. Because have Kiriko sees the mirage of the city on the horizon, and he's, like, dying of thirst, and that's, like... he. And they, they, like, got that out of the way quick. They did. They, they were like, okay, we're gonna do all the desert stuff up front. Because we got God stuff to deal with. We Yeah, we this this has gotta go places. We gotta move people, which I contend... And I... I... Every time I think about, like, all of the episodes that I watched and I think about, like, this fucking thing's 50 episodes long, I can't, it doesn't connect in my brain. It doesn't connect in my brain that this thing is 50 episodes, like, de- 52, like this. with three recaps, so 49 technically don't count the recap episodes. This show's, like, this show's fucking tight. Yeah. Both, uh, both in terms of, like, both in terms of, like, it's pacing and just in terms of, like, like a a a good a a, wor- a slang word meaning it was really good. <laughs> yeah. It it was very this show is very very concise and when when we get past the summary we can go into how we feel as a show about the show as like a whole now that the entire yeah. narrative has been revealed which Tucci's been waiting for since day one. Yeah 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 actually I'm so I am I am ready to get into it because like like most things i i i am probably gonna i am probably gonna be able to process a lot better once we once the two of us go over it um but basically this first episode like his whole premise is like now that he's made it to quent his 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 only goal very simple goal i need to find some some quentians yeah and quent is interesting because so he lands there and he goes to the city of gomor i think he's rescued by like the 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 scrap dealer guy who i thought was gonna become who was gonna come back but never did yeah. Um. He's an inferior Gotho. Yeah, he's essentially just like Gotho without, with not as many redeeming qualities. Kiriko yeah. comes in town and goes, Excuse me, do you know where I can find some Quentins? 
and and uh, so, and then he gets into the trouble of some local hoods. Yeah, <laughs> who, who are I guess on the dime of the of the secret society just to nab Kiriko. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is kind of ball. Like, I'm surprised they didn't try that shit in Wudu. Well, I guess I guess Killing wasn't after Kiriko at that point yet. Yeah, they they were just sort of like they didn't know. I don't think they at that point in the story that they really knew what what a fucking variable Kiriko was at that point. They they I think they were just they were just like just like the the, the kingpin at the beginning of into the into the Spider Verse. Just like kill that guy. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. Before we get we get we'll go a little further. I just want to say I definitely think because I got I'm gonna forget to say this, but Rochina definitely had more information than Killy did. Oh yeah, no that dude, that dude is showing his all his cards now. He's just been he has clear even before even before I we we finished this series like even back in like the even back in the the third arc I I you know I have it on record when we did that episode I was like this dude fucking knows shit and I'm I'm fucking I'm I want to find out what he knows and it turns out he knows a lot yeah he has I want an OVA all about Rochina give me a Rochina prequel because he had one line that was so enticing where he uh-huh. said, I had a wild... Because well, for a lot of this arc, he's crawling around in vents, not getting, trying not to be seen. And <laughs> uh, at one point, Kiriko's like, how are you still alive? And he's like, I had a wild and, un- I had a wild and unruly... Uh, uh, wild and misspent youth. <laughs> and I was like, I want to fucking see that. <laughs> yeah, I, I want him to... F- I want him... I want to see him as some fucking young shit kicker who, like, fucking s- sees the, aw- the awe-inspiring gl- glory of wise man. And fucking changes his ways. Yeah, I'd love that. Um, so, from there on, Kiriko's now, a- everyone's after him on the c- in the city of Gomorrah, and there's nobody in Gomorrah besides off-worlders. There's no Quentians, because there's not a lot of them. Yeah. And, um, so, Kiriko goes to, like, the military recruitment center, or I guess that's where, like, people go to hire Quentian mercenaries. Yeah, because he told them, like, he told them, like, yeah, the, the only time anyone sees Quentians is when they are hired as mercenaries. So if you want to find them, they'll be at the mercenary HQ. So he goes there, tr- tries his best to fucking hit man Agent 47 his way in. And as soon as anyone's like, hey, I don't think you're supposed to be here, he just starts swinging. Yeah, Kiriko, I think, has more of the skill set of, like, say, like, Doom Guy or Master Chief and less Solid Snake or Split Star Sam Fisher. Yeah. Um, but, but basically, so he finds out that there's, that there is, uh, a one, one in parentheses, one Quentian in this building. And when shit starts getting buck wild for me as a viewer is when this Quentian's like, okay, like I, uh, first of all, he is nonplussed by Kiriko bursting into his office so much so that when, like, (laughs) like, he's just trying to have a chill conversation and and he's just like people are coming soon, and Kiriko turns around to lock the door, and he just goes like, "It won't lock, because you broke it." <laughs> That's that, I forgot how funny that guy was actually. Um, and so he's like, "Okay, well, I need to get in contact with Quentians," and he's like, "Only I can talk to them." He's like, "Okay, well, c- can you do it?" He's like, "I can't, I can't do it right now, and there's no time. Like it's too noisy, or some something like that. Like the like, fucking like Road to El Dorado, the stars aren't aligned correctly. Not today, can't do it. Stars not right." And, and, and but then the other thing he the other thing he says that got me hooked was like and there's not enough time to teach you how so we have to go 
Yeah. So and I was just like, oh my god, we're on some, we are on some other shit. So Kiriko, then uh, that's at the end of this episode. They um, he I think he like fires like a special signal or something, and then uh, Chaco shows up in like a sand crawler from Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. So he yeah, because the the guy actually does end up sending out a message, um, and I I guess like a fucking like a, a psychic fucking new type message. And or just Chaco... it could have been just Wiseman technology doing that for them. Right. Well, listen, I I forget. I forget what philosopher and or author said it. Arthur C. Clarke. Okay. Uh, once <laughs> technology get once technology gets advanced enough, it is indistinguishable from magic. Um, very much in play here in yes, late that, game. Yes, this arc is photons. very very that, but clapping in between every word. Yes. Um, and so so he actually he he does end up sending out a message, and the only word it was was just was just Kiriko. And fucking, and that's why I I do like that that because like b- before he said that I was like this is a little bit of a plot contrivance that the one Quentin that shows up to save Kiriko is the one he already knew. But then he's like, oh yeah, no, I specifically came because the message was just Kiriko, and I was like, oh, that's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my war buddy. I like Shako a lot in this arc. You see a lot more of him than you did in Kumin. Yeah, no, honestly, so much so that like I I don't necessarily remember him that well in Kumin. Like they. Kiriko said, "If Kiriko, if nobody on screen said that he was from that he was from the Kumin arc, I would not have known. Um, just because so much other stuff was happening, and he is much more of an active player here." Yeah, he was just kind of a very quiet guy. He was always, he was there the whole time. He was one of Kiriko's squad mates, along with like Kanyu, yeah. Bortaria, and Kidera. Yeah, and I, and I did enjoy I did enjoy them as a group, but like it, it's hard to remember their individual contributions. Except what for, like, I liked the, a lot, the, the big, tall, loud guy that Kiriko had to beat up to get his approval. Yeah, that was Kidera. Yeah. Um, and what I what I do like, though, is I wish Shaco was a little more of a, of a part of the cast later, because he fits in really well in Big Battle. You know what? Yeah, he yeah he does. And so... I mean, you know what? Hey, like, better to better to have us wish that there was more than to be dis- than to wish there was less. <laughs> like Bungie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bungie, I don't want there at all. <laughs> fucking Bungie. So you haven't even seen you haven't even seen Bungie. I'm so I'm so ready for you to be like Tucci. Never want to talk about Bungie again. I never want to talk about Bungie again. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the day. That'll be the day. Uh, so Shaco and Kiriko have like a have like I think a whole episode where they're just crossing the desert and chatting, and he's like, "What?" They're like, Kiriko's like, "What happened after Kumin?" And he's and then Shaco kind of shrugs, just like I don't know, like. I, I'm literally just a soldier. That's all I do. I kind of like. Then I came back. I wasn't really invested in what was going on anyway. Hey, do you wanna? You, you want some graboid steak for dinner? Yeah, they they go. They fight a sand. They fight a dune sandworm. This arc is very dune with like yeah, you know he calls ancient it, underground society under a under a under a desert planet. He really buries the lead because the the. It was. I mean, either he called it this, or it was translated as like a sand mole. Yeah. It was called a mole, and then this thing bursts out of the ground, and I'm like, you don't know what that animal word means. <laughs> I've been it's deceived. A, it, it, they're dune sandworms, just not as gigongous. Yeah, I think they're like they're like smaller, slightly smaller, or at the very least, less long. Graboids. They're graboids. <laughs> yeah, they really are graboids, like the baby sarlax. And so Chaco just eats it, and it's great. But I, I tell you what, like once he like once he cuts it up, puts it on the grill, I should, I'd eat that. Yeah, it's a big steak. I... It's like a big fucking steak. 
And then this is when you started telling me, like, I don't like what's going on. This is this is how Midsummer ended. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because well, that's when they finally get to the 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 Quentin the Quentin camp, basically, like the 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 village or whatever, like in the mountains. And this is like, when the world building goes off. Because he get cause Kiriko gets there, and basically, like the the whole reason Kiriko comes there is because like he's been told the Quentians will be able to tell you about your past and who you really are. And he's like, I need you people to tell me whether or not I'm a perfect soldier because it's been fucking eating me alive and I don't normally react with emotions to things. So you need to help me the fuck out. Yeah, that's very much Kiriko at this point. He's, and then he's they not as manic they... as in Sunso, but he's like, Kiriko's haggard. He is, yeah, he's, you could, like, he's annoyed. He's just fucking done. He's done. He's so done. He has no patience uh, he he's you know he he's not the type to have outbursts but anytime he gets a word in edgewise all he's doing is asking either more questions or he's like that wasn't good enough i need you to tell me a better answer he's like i, I need to know um and so they're like okay we're gonna lot we're gonna we're gonna throw you in this dimly lit room and have a bunch of like chanting hooded women wave their hands over you in in secession and i'm just like fucking this is this is weird <laughs> It gets weird. I like I like the weird side. Oh, they side. they drugged him first. Mm-hmm. They're having a drink and and he's just, and he's just like, "What's this?" And 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 you know, technically not lying, uh, he's just like, "It'll calm. It's to calm you down." <laughs> and I, I sure fucking did. Kiriko, you're kind of a lot right now. Uh, Kiriko, you need to. You you look cranky. Uh, it's nap time. Vibe check. Kiriko. The vibe check was the ritual, and I guess he'd succeed? So, Quentians live for a while, and they, I'm not sure if, like, humans and Quentians are that biologically different or what, because, but we start, we learn that the Quentians have been on their planet for 85,000 years, which is a nice big sci-fi number. I fucking love that, I fucking love big sci-fi numbers. It doesn't even have to make any fucking logical sense. You you could, t- as long as, because... Because that's the, that's the best thing about those big numbers, is that once you say a number that fucking big, it doesn't matter. It's long. You, you can't Time fill, is long. You, like, that's, that's why I think that Re- Revenge of the Sith and Star Wars being only 19 years apart, like fucking New Hope bullshit. and Revenge of the Sith, it's like, no, more. Even the, like, I think even the original EU proposed that they were a little bit further apart than that. Oh yeah, that. apparently they, one of my favorite little bits of, of discontinuity post-prequels is uh, in the Han Solo trilogy. It opens with Han growing up as like a as like a street or as like a like a growing up with a ton of of like thieves and pirates who live on a quote unquote relic from the Clone Wars. But Han Solo was very much alive during the Clone Wars. He was a child, but still. Yeah, and like the the other the the other the other discontinuity that I love bringing up to people is the fact that fucking you and McGregor had it rough on Tatooine in that twenty years, buddy. He turned into <laughs> Alec Guinness in no time flat. So. Uh, we go into the we go into the weird Quent cave, and this is when I think start things start getting pretty dune, in my opinion. Oh yeah, because basically like it's, and I immediately picked up on it because I love this shit. But they were like they were just like okay, go ask so and so. I forget the dude's name. Uh, Meiji, Meiji. Yeah, go ask Meiji if he's like. He doesn't even say that. He's like, hmm, maybe Meiji will know if he's still alive. Go into the cave and see if he's like fucking kicking still. And it's like what. Excuse me. And so after apparently you reach a certain age, you just go into a perpetual state of meditation in the one of these in like the deep caverns. Yeah, you it's you just go be a living Buddha. You go mummify your fucking self and be a living. And he Buddha. has like no eyes. He's so mummified. It's just oh, it's so good. It's so good. 
so he's like Quent has been around for eighty five thousand years, and we were like we ruled the galaxy until three thousand years ago. And I gotta say, eighty two thousand years of conquest is not bad at all. That's a good run. It's but apparently, they run. created like an like an artificial Ubermensch society called the Overmen. Yeah, who, yeah, like, yeah. So, and it, which sounds kind of like kind of like Wrath of Khan backstory of what of like you know Space Seed Khan. Yeah, the fucking uh, the. The, the superhumans the are the, the, um, the, the eugenics war yeah the eugenics war and how Khan is a relic from the eugenics war of the 1990s chilling fucking name for a thing to consider in 2020 that's all yeah. i'll say but it's in that so don't i got i got your, don't give your genetic data to private corporations kids do not that's that no the Schmetal twins will will get hard looking at it. Don't do it. You don't you don't need anybody to tell you that you're thirty five percent Hungarian. It's not important enough for this. Trust me. Don't don't trust geneticists because half of them are probably eugenicists. That's true. And so, because who has a legitimate love for science? So here he goes, like, so what? Am I a PS? And he's like, what? By PS, do you mean like one who has been changed? Like one of, and so here he goes, like, what does that mean? And he's like, well, you, you're one that's been changed. Yeah, like so basically, like what what we can glean so far is Kiriko is probably not a PS in the same way that Fela and Ypsilon were. <laughs> you did it. You couldn't. It's Fiona. Did I do it again? Yeah, it's Fiona. Fuck. <laughs> you said it with such confidence. Shit, I don't know why. I don't know. Whatever. Fuck it. This is the last. This is the last time I'll have to remember it. It doesn't fucking matter anymore. <laughs> um, it's fucking un- unless my unless my fucking my 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 chaos stand chaos magic stand ability works and we get a fucking Votom's sequel remake series or something. <laughs> well, there's already a lot of sequels. There's three of them. God, um, but anyway, I, I don't want that. This this show is so perfectly 80s, I need it to be exactly as is forever. Um, but, so, Fianna, like, Fianna, Fianna and Ypsilon were, were a very particular kind of PS that Kiriko is like, am I that? And the answer is like, no. But, like, are you something else that isn't human still? He was born a PS. Yes, and that is fundamentally different. And so as we at, see at, at, at this point, Kiriko was a child. Yeah, cause so so at this point it's it's less about it's less about whether or not Kiriko is a PS. It's more about what is your definition of PS. Yes, <laughs> it is and with every ongoing with every with every arc, it honestly broadens and broadens even further in Big Battle. But we'll get to that. It's less. Yeah, about. definitely. <laughs> so, at that point, we cut we smash cut to space, and uh, Rochina has just showed up or over Quent. One thing and... I will say before we get into Big Battle. If the if the bad guy in Big Battle counts as a PS, Ivan Drago counts as a PS. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, fuck. Yes, we smash cut to space with uh, Rochina and Fiona on on board, and Ro- and Rochina is just like everything will be. Rochina's full on just like yeah, everything coming together. This is this is gonna be it, and Rochina gonna... thinks he's the the blonde Xeon antagonist in a Gundam OVA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I like I like Rochina a lot in this arc. I he's really good. I like him a lot as a character. I wouldn't even call him a villain. He's just a he's just a figure. I love it. <laughs> well, that's honestly the honestly the one of my favorite things about this arc arc is 
as soon as there, there are no vi- like there, there is no direct antagonist in this arc except arguably wise man yeah as soon exactly. as wise man as soon as wise man becomes an active on-screen foreground player which is the every, last episode everything else stops mattering uh, you know i mean we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves but like at some point even like the fucking the the fucking two enemy like the, the two armies who are at war come together for a minute yeah this is such a good climax this is probably th- one of the best climaxes i've seen in an 80s anime ever and that's but, i've seen a lot of 80s anime so so basically you know Kir- kiriko being like kiriko being ever kiriko like the the more he learns about not only his own origin which is what he came here for but he learns he honestly he learns less about his own origin he, he he starts learning more and more about quent and the quentian people and the quentian past and he starts looking around and he's like this isn't adding up something yeah. is fishy something stinks so something is rotten in the state of quent so we cut so like we cut to, to space with rochina and fiana and rochina re- alludes to kind of a, a like my master my yes. the guy who's giving me orders is on is like here yeah, he, he 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 starts being he starts being specific and vague at the same time because he's like he's like oh you know I'm I'm being drawn by a different power and she's like what is it and he's just sort of like I don't really fully understand it myself. Um, yeah, he's just like but he he you definitely ha- see he has some degree of like a combination of like a fascination, a loyalty, and like almost an obs- yeah, just like a ma- an obsession and a loyalty at the same time. <laughs> okay, Ocelot, fucking. <laughs> He's ref- You're not wrong. <laughs> we know Kojima likes Votoms. Dog. Uh, fucking Kojima, Kojima, Kojima Productions Votoms game when? I, oh my god, can you imagine that? That would be... Oh man, don't say that to me on air. I can't, oh man. It would just be like, it would move like the fucking, the, the D-Walker. But big. Yeah. Big D-Walker. <laughs> But a scope dog. Fucking do it. You can have Kiriko's gun that can just shoot through fucking anything. God, it's like a hybrid yeah. of a pistol and a shotgun, and I love his gun so much. I, everything is so well designed in this series. Everything is. I really came to appreciate everything in this. I I think every every opportunity every opportunity that Fist of the North Star got to have a video game and failed, Votom should have gotten that attempt and probably would have done a better job. There's a PS2 Votom game, Votom's game that I've heard is really really good. I believe it. It's only in Japanese, but like you can run, it's like a third person shooter where you play as Kiriko and then you can just hop into ATs. Sick. I would like a more modern version of that because that came in like 2000, came out like 2005, but I heard it's like a good kind of armored core clone. I want. I mean, Armored Core is very similar. Could... Ar- combat in Armored Core is very similar to combat in Votoms. You could honestly take each arc of Votoms and do a different, a slightly different genre of game. The Voodoo arc could absolutely be like a, a, a semi-open world urban, because you're like he's he's in that city. It could be like a GTA clone, <laughs> but yeah, you're I... in an A, but you can just hijack ATs. And then would you say like the second crewman would be kind of like a. Um... Kumin would kind of be like a Far Cry game of like doing like kind of tactical operations in like a big wild tropic yes. area, like big wild natural area. Absolutely, yes. And then the Sunsa would just be like a straight up linear action game, I think. 
Yeah, Sunset would be like the 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 the, the shooter, like just the out and out shooter. And then what would Quint be? Quint would be like the epic a action fucking, RPG, a fucking visual novel. I was gonna um, say a, a visual novel. Then you play a really hard level of Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you read the Romance of the Three Kingdoms, and then you go play Dynasty Warriors. So then we cut back into space. Apparently, the I feel so bad for the trio in this arc because man, do they have it rough. They, they are truly like every every arc <laughs> they get more and more in over their heads, and this is just they peak so hard, and it's just like man, y'all don't even know what they don't even know what's going on anymore. They don't. They apparently as soon as uh, like. I, I guess Rochino was just like, all right, um, you guys can go, bye. And they, they immediately get picked up by the Gilgamesh. God. So they're just in, like, Fiona, not Fiona, um, Coconut is so good in this arc. She is, oh, like, max her. level Coconut. Her, everyone's so great in this. Like, but I like that at this especially. point, like, at, at this point, at this point, her and Vanilla just sort of are, like, unspoken low-key dating, but they're still just fucking fighting constantly. Yes, <laughs> Um, and honestly, like, uh, it's so weird, like, I, I really, I, I honestly, like, one of the reasons I want more people that I know and like to have to watch Votoms is, like, I want to know what more people feel about Vanilla and Coconut, because, like, at first blush, like, if, if I look at them on paper, and I've, I've probably said this before, but, like, they're just, they're a, re- they're a really good, to me, at least, from, from everything else going on in the series, like, relative to everything else in the show they they come off to me as like a very likable a very likable hetero couple but then when i look at them on paper i'm like this is just like it, it at first blush it, it could easily just be interpreted as like oh it's just like you know it's that typical false narrative that you see in fiction that isn't true in reality of like oh the oh they fight all the time they must secretly be in love and it's like no that just sounds like a toxic relationship to get into but it's like something about them that I can't put my, that I don't have, like... Because it's such I, their personalities specifically. Yeah, I think that's what, that's really what it is. It has, it has less to do with, they, they have more, per, they have so much more personality, and it's like, they, they act the same way individually, as individuals, as, as they do towards each other. They're both just really, like, they're both just, like, really ob- obnoxious and childish in a way that, like, I don't know, it, the, it's, it's less. It's less gendered. It's it not ge- like like the, the their personality flaws aren't necessarily gendered. They're just like they're just too really. They're just too true. They're just too true dumbasses. <laughs> yeah, and they they all share a brain cell. It's 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 great. They have two. They have two brain cells, but Goto's hogging one. <laughs> Goto's always hogging one. Goto's like you can't have this one. I need it. Yeah, <laughs> I need it to make money. I need it to make money. I like Goto as well. Um, but Coconut is just yelling at everybody. She is so not happy with the situation she's in. Yeah, she hates it. Coconut is, get your, get yourself, get yourself a woman like Coconut who fucking just screams at fucking military officers unafraid that they're pointing guns at her face. As an, as an, as an, as an Italian, I'm, I swoon for that. <laughs> that's, that's the only, that's the only woman I know. I love Coconut. She's great. Uh, her vanilla, vanilla are, are perfect. But they're, they're just getting... So essentially, the Gilgamesh are now planning. They need. They are trying to reacquire Fiona because, as you remember, way back when, they made Fiona. She's technically her property. The Secret Society, their property. Secret Society actually stole her. You're right, but fu- fucked up, but true. 
Yeah, it's fucked up, but true. Big. And so they're like, okay, we want our fucking prototype super soldier back. Because Ypsilon was like, the secret societies have to make a better one. Yeah. With help from General Paleson, as saw in last in the scene in Last Red Shoulder. Yeah. So the secret society comes in, and they're, like, Killy is kind of also, he's pulling a Rojina. He's like, yeah, this shit's gonna get big. And the Schmetal twins are kind of just like, what? This is just a fucking bombed out rock. What, what is this? The Quantians are fucking, like, stupid. Fuck them. What yeah, like there's, there's just fucking a bunch of a, a bunch of dirt people living in dirt, and they love dirt, and they eat dirt. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah. That's, I, it, there's, oh no my. Si- there's no science down there. It's just dirt. I hate it. And and then he's just like, he's just like, he basically is just like, lol, if you say so. So they're like, we're just going to go down and get Kiriko, because what are they, these guys can't stop us. What are they going to do? Like, throw sticks at us? Like, huh? They're just totally pissing all over Quentin and culture, and Killy's like, don't do that. And they're just like, we're going to do it anyway. Killy, like, that, honestly, like, that's, the, the writing in this show, in this arc, is so good, because it's, it's so, it's so, uh, at least to me, like, it's so, it was so obvious in that moment of, like, this, one, this dude knows something about the Quentians. Two, this dude is not telling them. And, and three, the reason he is not telling them is clearly because this isn't something, this is something he knows that, it's, it's, it's not even like, oh, they don't deserve to know. He cannot tell them. It is, it is fearful it is heavy, fearful information, but it's delivered so fucking subtly that you can almost, that you can miss it. Yeah, you can. And I fucking didn't. <laughs> <laughs> We're veteran sci-fi watchers. Well, it, it's just like, I'm, like, I'm invested. I'm in. And oh, it's I'm so like, into it. Mm, yes, God. So there, so, um, I think at this point, the, the Schmetal twins show up, um, at, so we cut back to Kiriko and Chaco. Kiriko and Chaco are exploring, and Kiriko's like, I'm gonna go this way. And Chaco's like, nah, you can't go that way. And he's like, why? He's like, only the women can go that way to get the Quentium, which is their, like, advanced technology. And their, like, advanced materials. Which I guess Wiseman's just conjuring for them. Yeah, and because that's one of the things that Kiriko is like, yo, something's not right. You guys How export do you... advanced radar technology and armored troopers but yet you live in caves yeah kiriko's like kiriko's like you have all this advanced quantum that you sell but you're fucking here in the dirt and you live in dirt and you eat dirt and you love dirt chaco's just kind of like shrug really (laughs) chaco's just like i just live here man i I like how affable chaco is he's kind of just like i don't know he's he's truly affable he not even in like a not even like a gentle giant sense but he just cannot be bothered he always kind of looks a bit like a sad puppy. He looks like a sad puppy, and he also just he also just looks like like I would rather I would rather be doing anything else. But also, as soon as everyone leaves, I'm gonna sit here and do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think at this point, Zwergs show up, and they're like, "Ha ha, Kiriko, we got you!" And they suddenly just get teleported, and you're like, "What?" Yes, 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 yes. That's when I. I as- they ascended, I also ascended in a different way. Like, okay, so, and I think I, ex- like, as soon as it started happening, I was like, yo, 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 no way, this is, this, this is so my shit. Because, like, it, yeah, like, they, they, 
they all they all break into the like the where they I, I i guess it's like where they get the quentium like the weird caves but they're all it all turns out to be like hyper advanced technology like this it big, goes from weird... cave to like super advanced research facility in like a second <laughs> yeah and it's this really weird metal like sort like metallic futuristic hallway and as soon as they start fighting like i think somebody like fires a gun or something and like they all get like everybody everybody but kiriko gets teleported and they're like oh everybody kiriko and, and shaco, shaco. And I immediately knew what fucking happened. So, like, I now, honestly, I, I have to try to think back if Austin Walker has watched Votoms because so much of this last arc reminds me of the sci-fi seasons of Friends at the Table where they, they do sci-fi mecha stuff, but, like, they always... They always do the big, futuristic, this, this is so scientific that it's magic shit. And one of the things that they did was, like, one of the planets that like the second that like the second sci-fi season took place on like it it ended it ended up having a kind of strange sentience about it and one of the things that the planet itself decided was like no more violence you cannot do violence here and one of the specific ways it interpreted that was like if you were on the planet's surface and you fired a gun the gun would break and like there were certain there were certain pockets on the planet where like i guess like the sentience was thickest if that makes any sense like like yeah. just like like where like you know like again like a, a big big dagobah cave test energy um you know where like shit can just happen down there but like and in and in that stuff austin as the gm would step in and be like okay, now I'm going to let you all know if you do any kind of violence down here, you're going to have to, like, roll some shit to see how fucked you are because you're not, like, you, the environment that you're in will not like it. Uh, <laughs> and that just reminded me of this shit so much, and it was so good, and I'm, ah, fuck, I love this show. Tweet at him. Tell him if he hasn't, tell him to watch Votoms. <laughs> Uh, I, I will now that now that now that he no longer is the the fucking the the fucking um the editor-in-chief for a fucking gaming journalist website maybe he has the time now and so from this point on uh they get teleported to go back to the city and like half their half their ats are gone and they're aaron shook. and Guron are just like they're shook and they're just like okay what the fuck was that they're, they're so like, like I I love how legitimately low key terrified they are like they're so they're trying to get their bearings and they're like wh wh one where are we two no matter where we are this is impossible and they're science men so they're like oh <laughs> they had to like go they had to go find a phone to call their mans up <laughs> they had to go kill ki call Killy this Killy sucks compared to the one in Blame. I was gonna say every time you say his name, I'm like, I'm just thinking, like, man, I wish, I, I, I man, I love Blame. Um, Blame is good. Blame petition Botox. for everyone to agree to call it Blam. Yes. Uh, or Blam. Buramu. 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 Um, so at this point, uh, Kelly's like, "You fucking morons." Okay, fine. I guess. Uh, Kelly's not even surprised. He's like, "Yeah, no shit." He's not even, like, of course that that happened. So Killy is like, all right, um, try to try to get everything ready up there. I'm get, I have shit to manage in space. 
So Aaron and Gurren are like, okay, we are now immediately obsessed with what just happened to us. We need to set up a research facility. We're taking over the city. Yeah, that's... God, this was the... Uh, honestly, this was... <laughs> this is... This... This act, this act of, like, military aggression was the most American thing I've ever seen in my life on an anime. <laughs> Just rolling up with a small, like, with a battalion of ATs and getting on a loudspeaker and just letting, just letting you all know, this city is ours now, we're gonna be doing some scientific, some research, and you're gonna let us do whatever we want, okay? Okay. And, 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 you know, rightfully so, the local law enforcement is like, yo. The local Gilgamesh garrison. Yeah, yo, you're you're not you're literally not allowed to do this like you you cannot do you cannot like declare like you cannot like hostily take over through military action this city on this planet in this zone and they're like we're not we're just doing scientific research but also if you don't let us i mean there's a bunch of ats here but don't worry about it but also let us do whatever we want and it's like this is the most American fucking thing ever. So then I hate immediately it. what happens is that the Bialarod garrison starts seeing the, the fucking Melkian, the fucking Gilgamesh garrison mobilizing scope dogs and getting all their shit ready. And Bialarod <laughs> is just like, oh, okay, this is happening now. Yeah. Oh, no. And then I remember, like, the best part was, like, <laughs> act, they go, the twins go, actually, if you try to fight us, then you're the aggressors. Fuck off. <laughs> So it just it just turns into this like three way really tense stalemate in like less than an hour. Oh my god, it's so good. It, I, these two idiots ruined whatever semblance of a treaty there was that was keeping all these people alive in like an hour. They fucked up probably got like fifteen years of diplomacy. <laughs> I mean, like, and I mean, like, one of the, like, and that's so Votoms because one of the first things we establish in like the, the very first arc, like I think the first episode, one of the points I bring up is like this 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 treaty is ultimately meaningless because at the end of the day, both armies are still absolutely out to get each other. They're just doing it covertly now instead of waging all out full scale war. Yeah. Just like real life. Yeah. Just like real life. Um, things, <laughs> folks, <laughs> I think we record, when did we record, when did we record, uh, uh, um, New Getter? We recorded New Getter, like, I think. Like the second? Yeah, the, the second, th- yeah. Or the third or something? Yeah. I think the, d- like, the day after that. <laughs> it was the second, what? yeah. Like the a couple at least a couple at most a couple days after that, uh, twenty twenty got buck wild internationally speaking. And we're not That's a political we'll podcast, but if you follow the news, we're terrified. <sighs> it's like two thousand again. Every twenty years, everything is the same. Forever war, forever war, forever war, forever war. Just like real life. So. In less than an hour, international diplomacy has been destroyed, uh, and Gilgamesh has a huge fleet now with two objectives. Figure out what's going on on Quent, because something big and weird is happening on Quent. Get Theon back. Get Proto-1 back. 
So, this is where uh, Rochina gets gets called back down to the planet, and then Rochina's just like, okay, I'm just gonna, he's telling his, his guys, his Balrog guys, he's like, listen, I'm just gonna lie and say we don't have her. Because, like, what are they gonna do? Are they gonna board our ships? Like, that? they can't do that. Yeah, honestly, at, at this point, I super lost the plot of, like, what side he was even purporting to be on, because he's so clearly doing his own thing. <laughs> At this point, he's working for, for Balron. Yes, he's quote-unquote working for Balron, and what that actually means is he's, side, he's like, Balron are the people keeping track of him because he knows that they'll let, that, that, that he can get away with more than he could at the other side. The I think only he's reason, just... The only reason he left the other side in the first place was because, like, they basically fired him, and he was just like... Oh, okay. I'll just go to the other side. They'll, I can fucking continue. I, I can have, continue the actual shit I was doing all along there instead, and it doesn't matter to me. And I can just let pay them to leave me alone by giving them all the military information I have about Gilgamesh. <laughs> and he basically tells his superior officer that as he's walking out of the office. Yeah, that was such a that that moment of that that moment in that last arc was when I was like, okay, this dude's a motherfucker, and I'm I'm highly interested in what he's up to i i like rochina a lot rochina's a great character oh boy so rochina um is like i'm gonna lie and say that she's not on here because it'll get them off our backs we can we can then deal with with what we're dealing with and everyone's kind of confused if i just lie then they won't know the truth and then (laughs) everything will be okay flawless logic so he goes out there and meets the uh, Lepard, who is the uh, the Gilgamesh guy, who's ta- who's now working for Rochina's boss, old boss, uh, Bat- Batentine, who was the guy Rochina reported to in the first two arcs. Yeah, is now commanding. But I'm pretty sure he's. I'm pretty sure he's Rochina's replacement, Le- Lehman. Mm-hmm. And I like how Lehman is just like, because earlier they're talking about Rochino as a traitor, and Lehman is also throwing some shade a little bit like, oh, there was a guy named uh, named Rochino who worked for us, but you can't be him. He'd never go to Ballarat. <laughs> and but uh, so he's like, yeah, we don't have we don't have the prototype. You have bad information. Like, I'm sorry. And then immediately they pull out coconut vanilla and Gotho, and they're like, oh, hey, Rochino, how's Fiona doing? <laughs> Like, immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Rochina is just... Rochina spends the entire arc, I think, just waiting for the perfect moment to kill the three of them. They... He really, like... <laughs> just wants them fucking dead. He, ne- like, to his credit, he never, like, out and out loses his cool, but, like, for... For, for a... For a nineteen for a nineteen eighties anime with like a with limited television animation budget for its era, I really can you can feel it's palpable in the room whenever the three of them are in the same room as Rochina. Rochina's just like I fuck I I fucking hate that you three are even exist and are here right now. I just need you all to fucking stop. I Jesus fuck he he Throw them in jail. Like, I don't want them here. He's just like he's just like I, you three. He himself, his opinion of this show. If you asked him, the real character, what his opinion of Armor Trooper Votoms, the show he's in, was, he would say it would be fucking. It would be a great fucking show if it wasn't for these three fucking chuckle fucks. I fucking hate him so much. A lot of people feel that way about Votoms. 
that they're wrong is the thing. Yeah, they're wrong. They're very wrong. Necessary. They're so, they're, they're necessary. They're you know necessary the to everything is? in my Kiriko's arc. You know what? You know what's the best part about Rochina is that he thinks he's the main character. Yeah. That's the best part about Rochina is that he's, he's like Jared from Zeta Gundam. He's convinced he's the main character. <laughs> Like, Jared's entire thing in Zeta is just getting more and more and more upset and finding out that Camille is actually the protagonist of Zeta Gundam. <laughs> that is Jared's entire arc in Zeta. Oh my god. And that's Rochina to a bet. Rochina is definitely less of a fucking chud, but... Yeah, Ro- Rochina actually has some... Rochina actually has, like, some credence to his to his, like his own heightened self-opinion. Like, he has some shit to back it up. The Chad Rochina versus the Chud Jared. <laughs> the Virgin Jared, because Camille killed his girlfriend. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm excited for Zeta Gundam. I am, too. But, uh, so, yeah. Um, so, so Lehman and just, like, listen, do you want to, like, do, do you want to do negotiations, like, legit now? Like, we can start over without you lying to me. And, but then, like, Rochina bites his lip. He's like, okay, fucking fine, take her. And then he literally just goes to one of his guys and goes, like, we can just get her back whenever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. None of this. Like, I, that's <laughs> the thing, like, like that. that's my favorite. My favorite thing about those types of characters is, like, he is so above it all. Like, because he has actual, like, he is, he is a herald. He is essentially a herald of Galactus. He is the silver fucking surfer in this scenario. And he knows it. And he's just like, like, this like this war doesn't actually fucking matter like whatever i can i can still just do whatever i want like this is every every person in this room is a fucking annoyance to me and i can do whatever i want and the fucked up part is like on some level he's correct yeah he is correct so at this point things are not going too hot and that is when shako and kiriko wind up in like just a, a deeper into the catacombs and they're like where the fuck are we And this is when Kiriko first gets struck by lightning, and he, like, is lifted into the air, and he's just like, something's happening. Um, yeah, and this is, this was another moment where I, too, lifted up into the air, because, like, he is immediately, like, he is, like, he has, like, a fucking, like, trip, basically, like like like, a psychedelic fucking episode, and he just, like, sees a bunch of fucked up colors and hears babies crying. Yeah, it's like, Kiriko is, is, at this point, Kiriko is actively, he's typing in all caps now. Yeah. He's galaxy-braining. He's galaxy-braining, quite literally, and he's not having the best time. Shako is kind of just, like, he kind of starts saying, like, listen, there's, like, ancient, ancient shit on Quent, and we, like, destroyed our own civilization to bury all of this. Yeah, like they, like, Quent, the Quentians, like, the Quentians, like, exiled themselves from their own fucking society because of just how, how powerful it all was. They could not, they could no longer shoulder the responsibility of what they wrought. Which is awesome. Yeah. so, So, Shaco is all just like, this is, like, I don't quite know, this is all just, like, hearsay, because, like, I, I wasn't alive 3,000 years ago. But he's just like, this is this is some fucked up shit. And so this is when everything kind of starts to converge. 
Because I think Rochino's just like, okay, he's, he's, um, he's about to, he's bringing Fiona down, and he's just like, you're gonna meet my master soon. And at that point, you know, everybody kind of reunites with Kiriko, um, and suddenly Gilgamesh just attacks. Just scope dogs everywhere, everyone's getting teleported around, and things are going bad. I think, like, um, I forgot exactly how Rochina fudged giving away Fiona. I, I know he did. Yeah, but I think... I, that, that, that whole chunk... Again, I, I feel like every arc has a point for me where shit is kind of hitting the fan and it's hard for me to follow the beat for beats. Yeah, this is where I get a little hazy just because there is so much happening at the same time. But um. everybody winds up back in space. Kiriko fights an extent... This is a good moment was when um they're on the Balaran shuttle and they're like, Gilgamesh and Balaran are just now actively in combat. Like, this is... This is legitimately happening. And they're... Because they're going to give Fiana over in the shuttle. But... They're gonna get Fiona away in the shuttle, but but uh, they were but Kiriko sneaks into one of the the fatties. Like he's like Shaco, you want this? And Shaco's like nah. And just pulls over the cockpit and knocks the dude out. <laughs> <laughs> like he's like I can't fight on my own planet, but you can. Here you go. Nice. So um, that's a pretty intense space fight that's going on here. Just Kiriko shooting both sides, essentially not giving a fuck. I like that when he gets too damaged, he actually holds, like, a husk of a scope dog in front of him to, like, blind in, sorta. Yeah, no, that was dope. And he, um, lands in back into, um... Like, I think, yeah, he goes back to, uh, Rochina's ship, and, and then Kiriko... All of the, then the four of them are all in prison. Fiona and the three of them, which is where, like, Fiona kind of, like, tearfully apologizes to them. Like, listen, you guys have done all this shit for me, and you barely even know me, like... Yeah, and also, like, it's, it's, like, to their credit, like, I, cause, like, I, I feel like it, it was, like, not that long ago, like, they did not, they did not give a fuck about her, and they would rather she not be around, because it's, like, to, f there was, a like, for, for a time, she was just convoluting Kiriko's life. Like, they did not like her, because that, like, Kiriko was so clearly, like, was had so much complicated unworked out feelings about he would do he would do super dangerous fucked up shit all for her this woman he barely knows and his friends were like you know i i think rightfully like hey kiriko maybe she'll the fuck out and he just wouldn't so it's like i i i was a little bit surprised at how willing they were to just be like okay you know what fiana you're you're cool you're chill now like you're one of the gang I like how she says she's worried about Kiriko because Kiriko is like he's actively freaking out, and she's yeah. and the, and I love how Fia how Kokona just reassures her says don't worry Kiriko's immortal, yeah. And then like, and then I like how Kokona still manages to get mad at like she's always sort of jealous and thinking that that Vanilla wants to get with fucking Fiona because it's just like you're too close to her or like yeah right like she's fucking any honestly like any fucking excuse to fucking. To fucking put vanilla in is to fucking emasculate vanilla. <laughs> or vanilla is just like, it's okay, I like my girls looking a little plain. The church wants yelling, oh, so you think I'm plain then? Yeah, no, that's that's that classic, that's that classic banter shit. I honestly, like, I, every, like, vanilla, I fucking love vanilla. I fucking, I need to look up vanilla. I think, did we talk about vanilla say you at any point? No, I, we I, didn't, we didn't. Who, who voices vanilla? I know Coconut vo didn't voice that many, but she voices 
famously voices Ron Fon from Dragon Ball. Yeah, um, but, like, I just love Vanilla's delivery, because he can just go from zero to fucking, sc- like, prepubescent screeching, just like, ah, <laughs> And it's yeah, always it's, Varklo, it's was his name. always funny. Who um, okay, my anime list. Uh, Shigeru Chiba. That sounds familiar. Um, okay, he's been. I'm looking for like stuff that's relevant to what we talk about. Okay, he's. I nice. could believe he was like a comedian. He's Nico Chan's servant from some of the Doctor Slump movies. He's uh one of like Nico uh, looks like a, like a little onion with glasses. Uh-huh. Um. He's Pilaf in Dragon Ball. Yo, yes, that's perfect. He's Pilaf. Um, he's Grandpa Gohan. Um, oh he's Raditz. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, he's a minor character in Galactic Heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the narrator in Fist of the North Star. That's interesting. Yeah, he is. He he's in Ganmu. Uh, let's see. Uh. Oh, Pat Labor. He's, uh, he, oh, he's the really loud mechanic with the glasses. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely, he's a Pat Labor. Um, did some loot. Oh my god. (gasps) He's Buggy the Clown! In what? In One Piece, Buggy the Clown. Oh, I don't know One Piece. He, okay, so Buggy the Clown is like, he was like one of the, like, the, 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 yeah, because you know how, like, Shonen anime, it starts out. He's Pee Pee Mimi and Pop Team Epic. Like, every, every, like, the the first few arcs of, like, shonen manga will, like, have, like, jobber villains that at the, that at the time are a big deal, but then by the time you get super into the plot, it's like, oh, these villains weren't shit. Um, basically Raditz! Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Buggy the Clown was that character, but because, because he was Oh my god, he's like Kuwabara a, in Yu Yu Hakusho. That's so good, I love this guy. But so, uh, but Buggy the Clown basically, Buggy the Clown basically tripped and stumbled his way into into like somehow survive surviving the plot of one piece long enough through both cowardice and bravado into being one of like the the seven warlords of the sea or whatever in the (laughs) plot of one piece um the, the current plot of one piece um he no longer is because there are no more warlords because the Navy was like, yeah, we don't want to work with pirates anymore. So we're dismantling this fucking thing. And he was like, ah, shit, I just fucking got this sweet gig and I have to run, run away again now. But Buggy's <laughs> great. I love Buggy. Um, and I'm so glad that Vanilla say you voices him. So that's, and Kuwabara and Pilaf. <laughs> God. Honestly, he... but, but what I was thinking of, like, I was trying to think of like, what? What uh, what Western voice actors have that range of like being able to be like the the smarmy, snarky, kind of cool but shitty dude, but then immediately go into like the shrill, just like really like annoying, childish idiot yelling, hollering, and like I think I think Sunny Strike could do it. Probably I don't. There's the thing is I know more about Seiyu than I do regular voice actors because I'm fucking a weeabo. Yeah, yeah. Um. That being that being said, I do hope Funimation doesn't ever hit dub Votoms because Funimation's dub dubbing direction recently is pretty. <sighs> They're just it's just so safe. It's so sterile. There's, All dubs are it's so sterile. sterile. It's sterile now. Honestly, I prefer like I've probably said this on the show before. I prefer like the the questionably translated late 90s dubs because at least people were able to give a fucking performance because everybody wasn't so like 
I continually, I never understand why these fucking dub studios try so fucking hard to be so precise and considerate for the original, like the quote-unquote original translation, which doesn't exist, and so the translation always comes out so sterile and uncharacteristic, and the performances have to do that too, and then weeaboos just still shit-talk them all day and then watch the subs anyway. Stop pandering to them. They don't like you, and they never will. Yeah. It's a Gundam! Do that more. <laughs> yeah, because, like, I'm a, I'm a purist. I'm, I'm kind of the people you're talking about where, like, nine times out of ten I'm going to watch it subbed because that's, yeah. uh, that's what it originally was in its original format. There yeah, are exceptions, so like, like Cowboy Bebop, a lot of Metal Gear... Um, like, Eureka sure. 7. And you know what? And those were from the fucking late 90s and early 2000s when dubs were fucking less terrified of quote-unquote not being fucking quote-unquote not being ugh, faithful to the original Japanese. Like, there's no such fucking thing. Everything's lost in translation. Language is fucked. Before we get back to Votoms, on the last bit of this, because we're on the topic of it, I don't like Ghibli dubs, because all those Hollywood actors don't give actual performances, they're just... Oh yeah, lines. no, that was Disney. That was Disney. If, if honestly, I would love if, like, I would love if somebody else got the, got the, like, I mean, I think someone, G Films or whatever it's called, somebody else has the distribution rights for Ghibli films now. Disney doesn't have it anymore, which is why they're not on Disney+. Plus. And I would love if somebody made the effort of redubbing them because yeah, you're right. They, they fucking got they just got a bunch of Hollywood actors so they could put them on the posters, and it just yep. didn't fucking work out. So, at this point, um, I think the Balaron forces are getting are getting fucked over. No, what happens is um, all the fighting around there. Wiseman doesn't like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, all the ships start getting like teleported v- everywhere. To different areas. Everything is getting teleported away, and Kiriko tells um, Rochi to, like, cut the engines on the ship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's the best thing, because, like, in, in, in classic Kiriko fashion, he looks at his situation, he looks at his surroundings, and he, he finds a way to strategize it. Like, as soon as, like, no matter what buckwild shit is happening, he immediately is like, how, how, how is this advantageous in combat? And so he's like, okay, I, people are randomly getting teleported. I need to find out how to not be and then make them get teleported instead. And fucking, I... Devin, this show's good. It's very good. So at this point, I, I think the ship is going down. And they all get into an escape pod. So now it's just, you know, the trio, Rochina, Fiana, and Kiriko. And Fiona's straight up like, don't go to back to Quent, Kiriko. This is upsetting you. Like, you, we can just go, let's just go away. And Rochina's just like... You you know that he can't run away from this, and neither can you. Like, you've yeah. tried that already. You can't... You, he's like, that's why you're still here. You could have run away. I wasn't going to fucking stop you, but no, you, you can't run away from this. Mm-hmm. You mustn't run away, in fact. And so, at this point, their little shuttle is now picked up by the Tetantine, and things just get worse. <laughs> yeah. And so now the Secret Society has them, and Killy starts going like, ah, like, you know Wiseman too. We, I used to be part of the, of the Gilgamesh military. All my conspirators were. And now I'm the only one standing now because, you know, Iskui died at Wudu, Burrow died at um, Kumin, uh, Paleson died in the OVA because he, he only exists in the OVAs. <laughs> but uh, so all that's left is Killy. All of his other conspirators are dead. Wow, I can't believe, I can't believe Pe- Paleson is the fucking Broly of Votoms. 
<laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I think that's the most I've ever offended Devin on mic in a single sentence. <laughs> Christ. So this is when things we this is when we we because this arc was kind of chopped into three into three acts. Act one was very much history of Quent, exploring Quent, getting all into the Quentinese culture and all that. Then we get into the the political side of it with everyone in juggling around Quent. And now we're getting into the wise men part of the Quent. Yeah, and like for for listeners who haven't watched who ha- who have like resigned themselves to not watching this beforehand and are wondering like why are you just talking about Wiseman without getting into who Wiseman is first for us? And I'll tell you why cuz neither does this show. This show is very coy with they start throwing around his name before they start even explaining who he is and you and are it's... just like what the fuck is Wiseman? Yeah, because, like, at that point, like, most of the cast doesn't super, doesn't know. Like, Kiriko definitely doesn't know. Kir- all Kiriko, like, they do a very good job of, like, giving us partial information, but also still making us feel as grounded as everyone else whose perspective we're supposed to be relating to. It's like, yeah, Kiriko now knows the term Wiseman, and he knows that it is, there. there is some large player some entity, some some that is responsible for all the shit happening on Quint. Named Wiseman, and it's, that's all Kiriko knows. That's all we know. And, and, and Rochino's straight up telling him, like, "That's my master," and yeah. I, 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 you are very important to Wiseman. And Kiriko's just like, "What the fuck is happening?" He's he's so close. He needs he just needs to figure out who he is. That's what he that's it's driving him crazy. He has no sense of identity of who he actually is. Yeah, uh, and that's 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 honestly it's it's so imp- it's so important to the to the last like handful of episodes of this fucking. This is when arc. we get into the last five episodes. This episode I think is forty eight, and like or like forty seven or forty eight. This is when the show just turns it up to twelve. Like it was at it's been at eleven this entire arc. It's now at twelve. Yeah, and no, and like it this... breaks the, the 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 knob. This whole and this whole time it's already been so like obvious from the jump that like something else like th- this this show is this arc like my 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 favorite exchange in this arc which had already happened but I missed it when we were initially talking about it was like the the twins were just sort of like contemplating the situation they were in and just how like like how weird everything they're doing is and, like, I forget the context of why they say this, but one of them just goes, like, time is short. And the other one just goes, like, so is life. And they just sort uh, of, like, stare contemplatively in silence. And I'm just, like, Now that they smile at each other kind of wickedly when they say that. Yeah, and they're just, like, but, like, just, I don't know. Like, that, that for me, just, like, that, 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 like, signaled something in me of, like, this is, like, this is different. This is, this so, arc is doing something important. So essentially, uh, Killy's like, okay, Rochina and you three idiots are in jail now. Fiona and Kiriko come this way. Kill those four idiots. I don't care what happens to them. Yeah. And please. And so they're thrown in jail. I think I think Rochina like either escape. I think Rochina escapes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he kind of shows up when the hit the, the he catches up with Kiriko 
Killy and the Schmetal Twins as they're approaching this, like, because they've docked at, like, an artificial moon. Yeah, around, that, around that's, no, that's no moon. Because it looks very, it looks like the ship that was inside, deep inside of Quinn. So Kiriko, so Killy's like, my master is in there. And it start, you start hearing, like, people are getting telepathic messages, so, so is Rochita. Yeah, yeah, like, there's, there's, there's more just... baby crying. Also, like, the fucking, that, that space station was, like, surrounded by this weird f- minefield of ominous black pillars in space. It's the sickest shit. It's so good. And like, an, and like and like they just they just sort of let the ship go and I I guess Wiseman or something was like navigating through it and there's several moments where everybody else except for like Kiriko and 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 Killy and and fucking I I keep brain farting on the blonde's name Rochina are just like they're they're chill about it but everyone else is like oh shit we're about to fucking we're gonna die at every fucking turn like this is so fucking stressful. So the gates open and like Killy tries to walk in, but he gets like force fielded, and like only Kiriko walks in. And out of nowhere, Kiriko starts fucking levitating, and like all of these like blinking lights are shooting at him. And he's like, he because Wiseman's talking to him, he's like repeating it out loud that Kiriko is an overman. He has been created by Wiseman, and to solely and his life has been entirely manipulated up to this point by Wiseman. Manipulating events all across the galaxy to set Kiriko's life the way he, he said it to be, so that Kiriko could be prepared to be his fucking successor. Yes. So what what the information we were presented in the fucking Roots of Ambition OVA like P- Paleson like almost had it. Paleson was like grasping at something he fundamentally was never going to be able to have all the information to fully understand. But um. I mean, unless they make some fucking OVA that retcons him knowing what Wiseman is. I don't fucking know. Um, but... Well, because I think he learned what Wiseman was because he was part of the Secret Society. I think... Right. Because he... I think that's why he joined. Because I think when he heard Killy talking about that, because they're all Gilgamesh officers. Or or maybe because he knew that Paleson was so obsessed with either Kiriko or or the concept of creating an Overman that but he was kind of like... the club. In terms of in terms of what the audience in terms of what us as the audience learns in the Roots of Ambition OVA, like you know K- Kiriko, like Kiriko's plot armor being metatextually relevant, like not only because at the time I was willing to just accept it as like just sort of the 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 unconscious flow of the natural flow of the universe. But what the finale of Otoms then dumps on us, if you watch that OVA before this, is like, no, it's it's an abs- it's a 100% conscious being that just has so much, so much, uh, like, underground, low-key control over all of the variables of our, of our working reality that he can just do this shit and decide who lives and who dies like crow t robot once wanted for christmas yes <laughs> god that's an mst3k deep cut <laughs> fuck god you're good at those <laughs> so fuck it's it's a lot so at this point you're like he's like you have he's like yeah what has the universe ever done for you like the let us now plunge everything into eternal war. And Kiriko's like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Yeah, and at that moment, like, it's, 
like yeah, like you believe, like you buy, like you believe it. It's like yeah, that Kiriko made a killer. Kiriko made a heel turn. Kiriko's the villain now, I guess. And and like, I I would have been willing. Like I, I, I in this moment, I truly, I truly did not know how it was going to end. Like I, you know, I wasn't necessarily surprised, but also it. If the ending of this series went in a completely opposite direction, that also would have been that also would have been believable. Like I just because Kiriko at this Kiriko at this point has has seen nothing but the futility and horrors of war and how like you know Kiriko is the best Kiriko is the best soldier in the universe. Kiriko he was designed that way. He was designed that way, and 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 you know that doesn't that doesn't stop war. That doesn't that doesn't like. Kiriko's not gonna win the war. Kiriko couldn't stop the war. Kiriko never even necessarily wanted to. He, no matter how, no matter how good you are at killing your enemy, that doesn't that doesn't stop the fucking war machine. It and, doesn't. And so, in that moment, you one hundred percent believe that, like, okay, Kiriko. Kiriko has never believed he could stop it, but for the first time in his life, he's being told, at the very least, you can now control it. You can now have a direct hand in it, when up until this point, you were, you have done nothing but be used as a fucking pawn, as a cog in a machine that does not care about you except for what you can do for it and it does nothing for you and and on top of that he was a fucking red soldier seeing the worst of the worst doing the being ordered to do the worst of the worst <laughs> i like when that came back that was so good um but yeah so like kiriko walks out of the fucking wise man no, he room. floats out he floats he floats out of the fucking wise man room third eye wide open and he looks, he has, like, a little bit of, like, an evil smirk. Kiriko looks fucking terrifying. And I think, it like, doesn't, doesn't Killy just get owned? Yeah, well, Killy's just, like, kill, well, while, while Kiriko's getting Wiseman, while Kiriko's getting upgraded, Wiseman's like, wait, Kir, like, uh, Killy's like, wait, this was my whole purpose? Like, what am I supposed to do? Wiseman, and then, like, a laser just shoots out, and Killy's dead. Yeah, because Kill, Kill, Killy's whole purpose was just to bring Kiriko here, and then, and then Wiseman just gets And owned. that makes me think, why did he, why, so that's what I think was why, because this is, once again, not stuff that's overtly stated, but this is just logical, very quick logical assumptions I made that are canon to me. So, with Last Red Shoulder, Paleson was part of the Secret Society. Uh-huh. What did Paleson say about Kiriko is that you can't control him. Killy knows about God, and then he needs a successor. So Killy's trying to create one that he can control. So that's why yeah. Ypsilon, when you, so that's why Fiona was stolen, didn't work, let's make one Ypsilon. And then when he found out that Kiriko was even better, he just decided... Okay, maybe I should just listen to Wiseman directly. Yeah. So it was almost like Ypsilon was an experiment. If Ypsilon kills Kiriko, we'll just give Ypsilon to Wiseman because he'd be better. Yeah. And then I, I can control Ypsilon. So that's the entire purpose of that. And I guess Fiano was just used as the genetic template or the the just the first of the, the trial run. Yeah, basically Killy's Killy's whole low-key goal was to create a god, but then be the master of that god. And that was the whole point of the Secret Society, which we didn't know until, like, right then. And they don't even overtly say it, but you can just get it. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, and then a wise man is like, mm, no, and just owns him. And then tells the twins, you work for Kiriko now. Yeah, like, as everyone's, the twins are just shrieking. They're like, what the fuck is happening? All the secret society guys with the swastika helmets are like, what's, what are we doing? What's going on here? They're like, they, they like point all their guns at Kiriko and Kiriko's just like, lol. Guns. Yeah, Kir- Kiriko's like, Kir- Kiriko's legitimately just like, I'm your boss now. And then, like, all the guys are like, fuck no. And then, like, the Schmantle twins are like, no, dude, he's your boss now. Yeah, right. Just you like, don't understand. You, you really don't understand because you're just, you're just, you're just grunt, you're just grunt stormtrooper jobbers, but you need to fucking chill the fuck out because he will just kill you. He could have easily killed you before he walked into that room. Now he can super do it. And apparently, like, they didn't even, like, it's not apparently telepathy. It's apparently he's broadcasting, like, he's manipulating reality around you to create different forces of pressure and hypersonic audio that's just downloading information directly into your brain. Like, they say that. The Schmettel twins, when they're just talking techno babble about Wiseman, that's what they're saying. That's what they say it is. That's real fucking cool. So, Kiriko is now in control of the secret society. He tells his friends, fuck off, I don't need you anymore, get out of here. And Fiona's like, Kiriko... What's going on? He's like, leave. <laughs> and, like, Gotho, Vanilla, and Coconut are fucking pissed at him. Like, why? Yeah, like, honestly, okay, yes, but this is my favorite, this is my other favorite fucking line in this arc is, like, they're all, like, ev- all four of them are just sort of, like, being like, man, what the fuck's, I don't get it. What the fuck's up with Kiriko? Like, something's wrong. He's different now. And Coconut is like, no, you guys don't understand. Kiriko had that had a look on his face like he just accepted the biggest responsibility uh, in the world or something like that. Like Kokona is like still on some level trying to give him a benefit of the doubt of just like no, he the only reason he's doing this is cuz he literally feels like he has no other choice. Yeah. And Fiona still has hope for him. Fiona just Fiona is so in love with Kiriko. Yeah, Fiona has hope with him because he loves him, but I, I do, I, I continue to appreciate Kokona as being, like, the the heart of the team, but, like, most of the time, in, like, lesser written shows when you have, like, a quote-unquote the heart and soul of the team, it really just is like, oh, this is the one that's always optimistic and nice, but, like, Kokona, like, no, Kokona has a, a particular kind of perspective and a particular insight, and it's not because she's, like, naive or stupid or, like, overly optimistic, it's because she she just legitimately has a more empathetic viewpoint on people that she likes and that she and so she which is why she she was the first person to really accept Fiona even though she was the initially like she's the one who made that who built that bridge with Fiona like listen we all like you yeah 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 she yeah she was she she had the she had the most reasons both selfish and non-selfish to distrust Fiona but then she was the first one to change her tune and be like, you know what? No, like I was wrong. Coconut is so fucking. Coconut is great. So, at this point, the it's all hell breaks loose. Kiriko's now on the Tatentine. I think um, the 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 uh, all four of them. Uh, Rochina is just hanging out in the vents of the Tatentine. He's just like I'm. He's going full like. Bruce Willis from Die Hard. He's going full John McClane. I was gonna say, like, we can have, like, fucking come on over. We'll have a few laughs. <laughs> now I know what a TV dinner feels like. <laughs> but Rochin is just watching from the air vents, and I kind of like that. 
<laughs> this is where he says, I had a wild and misspent youth, which is why I know how to do this. Oh my god. I know how to hide in an air vent and not be found for three weeks. Christ. That's a skill. That I was going to say, that's an OVA of just him in a vent for three weeks. <laughs> I really like Rochina. That would just be the fucking Votoms equivalent of the, of the C-Lab episode where Murphy's stuck under the vending machine. <laughs> <laughs> it's just him in a vent. Expect to laugh that hard. God, I love C-Lab. So... So Kiriko is now just on the bridge, and he's just like... And at this point, we, we smash... At the end of that episode... Uh, at the start of this episode, we just see... Balaron and Gilgamesh are like, okay, we all had partial, somewhat awareness of Wiseman as, like, some sort of force. But now that we're seeing it fully being activated from all of our surrounding fleets... Truce? Let's blow it the fuck up. Yeah, right? Like, there's like a, there's like a whole fucking, like... I don't know if it's this point, but there's like a whole fucking meeting where, like, both armies are, like, being briefed together of, like... The, like we have like we have to stop this quentine technology and i think they like it was hard to parse but it, it feels like there was even like certain people in that war room had been known about like the quentine technology 2000 years ago and was like it's back and we have to stop it and like everything we've been doing up until this point has been like to prevent this and we we have to stop it yeah i like to think that balarat and gilgamesh are just two remnants of what was left of once like the giant quentian empire yeah right like it's it's a lot there's so much like i part of me wants part of me wants more about this overall world in the grand scheme of the timeline i would like very a lot of distant stuff in this franchise like i would like stuff that's just like either in the past in the future somewhere completely different like mellow link is its own unique story not touching on wiseman or any of that by the same director as eighth ms team but it's just about like a Gilgamesh soldier who's going, who's getting revenge on his. Um, it's kind of like Last Red Shoulder, but it's like what if Kiriko went and avenged Mirza, Byman, and and Gregor? Right, and like that's cool and all, but like I that that's my thing, right? Like Votoms, everything I love about Votoms is so hyper specific to this series. I, I would have to just cross my fingers that because it would have to like anything taking place in like the the far the far past that I would want to dig more into, I wouldn't want it to be similar to this series. You'd want it to be, like, it would be closer to Dune. It would have to, like, what, what whatever it ends up being, I would have Holy to cross my I fingers that I would like whatever that is. In Dune, there's no computers, because they always reference, like, an ancient war against against robots, where they've decided there's no more computers, which is why people with, gen- with like, you know, people with genetically augmented brains work as human computers. The Mentats. Oh. This is very Dune. Quent is very Dune. Votoms is very 80s. So, I, I'm, I'm thinking about that because I just read Dune. Like, I read, I finished Dune like a month ago. I need to read Dune. I, I read the first chunk of Dune and I watched the movie and I like, I like everything in Dune. I need to sit down and read it. The book, the movie is, the way I, I like the movie because I'm a big David Lynch fan. Sure. But my opinion of that movie is that it's not a great adaptation it's like the equivalent of lo- of looking through an illustrate through really good illustrations of Dune, right? Like you watch. So if you've read the book, watch the mo- watch the movie in order to get like a visual image board for when you read the book. That's I would say exactly because the plot is very hard to follow in the movie because a lot of it was cut down to be two hours long, and this is like a six hundred page tome. Release the Lynch cut. I think David Lynch wants that movie to never ever be seen by anybody. <laughs> 
Probably. <laughs> but that's for a different podcast. So Kiriko is just kind of on the bridge of the Tetentine, and he, these two giant Balarod and Gilgamesh fleets are about to just show up. <laughs> and it's it's like the Tetentine's a pretty badass ship with a lot of, with like, you know, maybe like 100 to 300 Zwergs, but we're talking like 500 ships from each side. Yeah, no, that, that whole sequence, I was like so... Uh, the scale of everything was so well well done and well well shown of just like this is a lot of fun like you know it was it was a single cell with a lot of tiny ships drawn on the one cell and it was panned across the screen but like it was fucking good still it's good direction takahashi i want to see other takahashi stuff i've only ever seen blue gender in this i want to watch um i want to watch spt Lazner especially yeah at this point, everyone's kind of like, "Is Kiriko serious? Like, we're going. It's like we're we're fighting like one. We are outgunned like one to five, one to one thousand. And Kiriko just kind of answers them by saying, "Are you doubting Wiseman?" Yeah. This this whole time, Kiriko's just like, "It doesn't like it doesn't fucking matter because Wiseman said so. Like, you have to fucking trust Wiseman even if you die." <laughs> and that's when Aron shows up with his weird little pet thing, and he's like. He he tries to pull a mutiny. He tries to organize one. He but, him and the the two twins. The two twins were off having their own conversation. One of them just goes like, "Hey, what if I shot Chirika with a gun? That'd be, that'd cool. be cool. That'd be cool." <laughs> and then and then Garam was like, N- "Um, no. He literally is possessed by God." <laughs> and then you know, Aaron is just like, "I'm a scientist, so of course I'm an atheist." God, yeah, fucking, like... So he pulls a gun, and then Kiriko's Kiriko's him. Yeah, Kiriko does Kiriko him. And I like how Garan just freaks out out of, like, A, I just lost my brother, B, holy shit, he killed him bad, C, I'm gonna die. Yeah, no, that was, like, as, as Buckwild and, like, just so obvious, like, oh yeah, this dude's fucked as that moment was, it was, like, it was legitimately chilling. Like, I... That that is like that emo- that like that emotionally resonated with me of just like oh fuck like this is this is real and this is bad and like one of the, like one of the twins just uh, like I, I think I, I think honestly a, a part of me low key either hoped or expected that like both of the twins would die at once and like that didn't happen I'm just like oh my fucking god it broke so the twin funny. trope oh that's so it was so it was so like I don't I don't care about these characters I don't I'm, I mean like I don't these characters aren't morally good, so, like, I don't feel for them as sympathetic people, but, like, fucking, that sucked real bad. His brother died in front of him. Oh, my God. He cried. It's, you see it. You believe in a moment, you have a moment, you see that these guys aren't incapable of empathy. They're just selective with it, which is what makes them shitty. Yeah. It was, it was rough. Like, and that, that just, you know, that, that further solidified, that, that further solidified just, like, Kiriko's gone. Kiriko's gone. This is not Kiriko, and let me tell you, Guron did not show that much sympathy to Ypsilon at all. No. Ypsilon broke, Ypsilon didn't pass the test, so they're like, well, that didn't work. <laughs> Write down the observations, take notes. <laughs> nah. So that's kind of karmatic a little bit, but also, like, deeply fucked up. This isn't, Kiriko wouldn't have done that. Now he just did. All the, yeah. all the guys are, like, he pretty much tells like, everyone, like, they're like, Kiriko, we're gonna die if we fight them. He's like, cool, then you're dying for Wiseman. Is that a problem? 
and they're kind of like, I, I, I guess not. That's why we all were part of the secret society in the first place. So they land on the, so the battle starts in space where the big giant defense system just fucks up everything. Cuts a good half of the fleet the collective fleet out. But the, after they get through the defense system, just sh- dropship upon dropship upon dropship to start landing on on Quent. Before we get back to that, let's dial let's let's rewind a little bit and tur- and uh Kiriko's friends have landed on Quent. They're kind of unsure what to do fiana still is you know i gotta we gotta get to kiriko and the other three are like i don't know if that's such a good idea and then they just literally bump into shako <laughs> fiana literally bumps into him i think not fiana coconut yeah yeah it's a very coconut move and she's like oh shako and he's like oh hey how's kiriko and they, they kind of explain and he's like yeah that's just what the elder kind of prophesies that this is always going to happen and Chaco does look kind of visually sad that it was Kiriko. Yeah, it's it's just bad. Like, th- this whole last batch of episodes up until the very end is just, like, a super bad time, honestly. It's 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 a, it's a super bad time. So Kiriko has the brutish dog. Not the brutish dog, the, the rabidly dog. Hmm. And he has, like, a, like, maybe, like, maybe 30s words with him, and it's... I'm not going to just give a play-by-play, because that's literally like a 30-minute battle of just Kiriko destroying both armies. It's Kiriko destroying both armies, and also any time anybody on his side is like, it's like, like we're fucked, what are we going to do? Kiriko's like, don't worry about it. Yeah, Kiriko's like, just follow me. And he he keeps those two guys alive for a while. Yeah, those <laughs> two out of everyone else. And it gets to a point where Kiriko is just getting, like, they're... The invasion is happening. Like, it's real. Like, there's just waves and waves of fatties and scope dogs. And Kiriko's just getting pushed deeper and deeper and deeper into Quent. To the point where it's, like... Like, I think, like, the rat... He, he, like, runs out of ammo for his gun. He only has, like, the arm gun. One of his arms is gone. And he, like... It comes down to the point where the last scope dog he destroys, he just, like, rips the head off of and, like, gets out of the rabidly dog. And meanwhile, while this is happening, Fiona's also fighting in this. She, they, uh, Shako was going to, was, Shako was all like, I think I'm going to, like, go try to talk to Kiriko, and he's, like, repairing this old Berserga. And Fiona gets in and just like, I'm going to go do this. I have to do this. Yeah. I, I have to, I have to talk to Kiriko. And, like, Kiriko even, like, shoots her. Like, Kiriko shoots Shako, Kiriko shoots her. Like, you're like, fuck. Because Kiriko shooting Shako is what convinces the three of them to just be like, okay, this is you're not Kiriko anymore. She's like, yep, but like, peace out. Like, that's the last straw. Like, pe- like goodbye. Even like, Kokoda is just like that. She calls him a jerk. Yeah. Um. Like, I'll, like, cause like up uh, again up until this point, they've been more than willing, extremely willing, proactively jumping headfirst into situations that are fundamentally miles above their pay grade specifically because we need to be here for our friend Kiriko and this was the moment where they're finally like nope you're not you're not Kiriko anymore and she even like we're in the last episode now and so they're leaving the planet we don't see them again until the time skip where they're just like Fiona what are you doing and like he's he's either he's either you know brainwashed or doing this by his own will but either way he's not Kiriko anymore yeah, but like the, the thing that gets me is like the one of the main people who like call, who like the last person to like really still try to call out to Fiana to to 
get to get her to stop to stop trying chasing after Kiri is like vanilla vanilla's like yo no stop like hold up and like that surprised that that got to me the most just because it's like man like even like like vanilla is like i don't know it always seemed like vanilla was the most dismissive of, of one of the more dismissive of fiana and just like oh whatever she can do whatever she wants um but even he's like no wait come back um so then um kiriko reaches the core of wiseman and wiseman's like okay kiriko now you were fully gonna like you're gonna take my place now yeah like, i need you to climb this tower this was all an elaborate test to see if you were capable and you are please prepare for the, the nozzle, nozzle. <laughs> like kiriko has i has ended a military I don't know how much fighting is still going on on the planet. On the planet, I think I think Wiseman is still like fighting a lot of them actively too with defense systems of the planet. Uh-huh. So I don't think Kiriko is fighting a hundred percent of the of the resistance. And whatever reality al- reality altering powers Wiseman has had, Kiriko already had, and now we're like upgraded. Yeah, and so like he climbs he climbs this whole giant like like compute technology computer pillar thing and his whole body like that's the last of his strength his whole body was is wasted just getting to this point and like he's um uh, wiseman's like just get up now i we will become one and he's like i can't do it i can't can't do it and it's this whole fucking big long spiel as like this big the nozzle is descending and like he's like no we're gonna become one we're gonna fucking do it and it's gonna be sick um and then kiriko says to wiseman yeah you know it'd be cool (laughs) if i just like shot you right now with a gun (laughs) that'd be cool and then he did it he pulls, like, a string to, like, pull up his holster to, and, like, fire a shot right into Wiseman's, like, little camera face. Oh, my God. And then it's, like, and then he just, like, he just yeets himself over the edge. And starts HAL 9000-ing the shit out of him. Yes, that's the thing. Like, again, like, this, this... Let, I say this, I say this so, this phrase so often in this series of episodes, a lesser written show would have had a way more on the nose... 2001 space odyssey reference but like this absolutely was one um and they they referenced one of the best parts of space odyssey yeah the one that never actually gets referenced so it's like he's pulling out all these memory cores and like wiseman is like no no why are you we're actually hearing wiseman talk during this whole bit finally yeah and he's like why are you doing this kiriko no like i don't understand why why would you not do this like yeah, what? He, he's he's basically just like, and like t- t- honestly, to Kiriko's credit, he's not answering. And then Fiona shows up, and she's just like, because I think I think he's about to like kill Kiriko with something, or I think that the Red Shoulder music comes on. Yes, that that's his last like that. That's like Wiseman's trump card as he starts black. That he, that's where he reveals, and, he and that's when Wiseman reveals to that's Kiriko. When, that's when Wiseman says the best line in the entire show. Only God does not sin when he kills Kiriko. Yes. yes and Kiriko like, is like, li- like fetal. He's like, oh, fuck. Because <laughs> he just like, killed like 300 people in the same day. Yeah. Um, and, and so this is where he, this is where Wiseman reveals to him. It's like, you know, everything, everything you're fighting for, everything that you think is like directly opposed to me, I gave you. 
I I made you fall in love with Fiana. Why the fuck do you think you know her name? And Kiriko is just like, fuck. But that's when Fiana shows up. Yeah. And she kind of like shoots a rocket at him and gets out of her AT and she's like, Kiriko! And they like reunite and Kiriko's like, I think Kiriko fully expected like, I have to sacrifice my friends for this. I have to at least sacrifice my relationship with them forever. They're going to hate me yeah. forever for this, but this is what I have to do. And, and you know, I think like, he fully Kiriko, prepared for that. Kiriko, like, as soon and as soon as she shows up, Kiriko fucking proves himself. Honestly, Kiriko proves himself to be on un- like unhyperbolically the best fictional character in a work because as soon as he sees his fucking partner, who he had, who he tricked into thinking wanted to kill her, without. As soon as he has room to speak, he goes, I'm sorry, let me explain the situation. I, I had I, to fool God. I had to fool God, so I had to lie to you. And Fiana, being the second best character in fiction, says, don't worry, I know, I figured that out when you didn't shoot to kill me. So it's like, communication! Or which he didn't kill Communication! Yeah. Yeah. But like, and just like, so much, so much bad writing. So much, so much, at the very least, at the very best, mediocre writing hinges on the only reason there's any conflict at all is because two characters didn't just have a fucking conversation together that realistically they would probably fucking have. Votoms is better yeah. than that. But Votoms is, is incredible. And it's, it's, this moment is great from just so many ways, the red shoulder music and then unplugging the memory cores and it's like Kiriko. yeah like he you know he, he's like like he says that so many fucking like that's just his fucking says it so many times because he's like he's like slowly being shut down he's losing his intelligence and his consciousness he doesn't sing he doesn't sing daisy but no he does like at the very end he's just starts like just going i'm afraid i'm afraid i'm afraid and like that is like fucked up and cool it's um, like you don't understand what you're doing, Kiriko, please. You don't understand. Stop it, stop it. Help me. I'm scared. Um, God is scared. And, like, my and my favorite thing, and, and this is something that other stories also do, and honestly, like, on, on some level, I feel like it's it's one of the small things inherent in in fiction that gives me some modicum of hope for humanity, is, like, there's, there's so many stories, there's so many stories fundamentally about like whether or not our destinies are predetermined regardless of whether or not it's by a conscious force it's like does you know the wheel of fate is turning and like one we can't control it two does this mean that we ultimately have no true agency because like the mess of variables that make up the universe and just like everything reacting to each other like is everything we do and think and 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 choose ultimately predestined and the one thing that I love about 99.9% of all fiction that covers that topic is, the answer is always, who fucking cares? It doesn't that, matter. We the, just need I, to do whatever feels right to us. Kiriko has never lived his life until this point. Everything has been manipulated and destroyed. He, Wiseman orchestrated this war because people are easier to control when they're fighting. It's the everything, no one has had any agency, and I, at least of all Kiriko, in his own life. And you know what? Yes, and in a and way, this, this, this is even better than this is even better than all the other works of fiction that cover that topic in in some ways because Kiriko is given the choice not only to no longer care 
but to actively destroy the the very conundrum. And it's it's great. And then the, right before, right as we end this scene, we have Rochina showing up for the last time, just being like, "What the fuck did you do?" Yes, Rochina. Fucking here comes Rochina, just being like, "Ah shit! Ah, ah shit, dude!" Like Rochina oh, literally no. is in disbelief of what just happened. He cannot fathom that Kiriko made this decision. Like, why did you, what? Like, you didn't what? What do you mean? What? No. Like, like Rochina freaks out. He full on freaks out, and then it just kind of ends. From there, it says one year later, Balarat and Gilgamesh are back at war. Yeah, one thing he does say though that I did explodes. that I did enjoy was that his his ult. I think his ultimate motivation was like he wished he was an overman. He says that he's like, if only it were me, I wouldn't have fucked up and made this choice, but I wasn't chosen. I wasn't chosen, and he was just like this power I that I I desired above all else. You just you just rejected, and that's that. And then. Quint, I think, I'm not sure if it's because of the destruction of Wiseman or the planet being bombed or both. Yeah. That Quint just explodes. Apparently the Quintians, I think, escape. Like, I think they evacuated. Because Shaco doesn't seem, like, as depressed as he'd be if his entire people were destroyed. Yeah. So I'm assuming that the Quintians got out before then. But Quint's gone. And I think because of that, you know, the, the that escalated the conflict between Valeron and Gilgamesh, and... I do think he... it's cool that, like, they, they like, when they're watching it on the screen, all the warships, they do, they get a hail, like, they get, like, a message of, like, the, like, the planet's gonna explode, and it's like, what? And they just have to stare at it for, like, ten seconds until it happens. Like, that's a very, that was a very, that was some very good dread of just, like, oh, fuck, is this how that, is this what that, that would realistically happen? Like, you would you would just know it's going to happen, and then you have to watch. Yeah, like, that's imagine, fucked up. Imagine I like if, that. Imagine if you're sitting on a mountain, they're like, airstrikes are commencing on this city in 10. Fuck. And then you just sit there, and then missiles fly, soar across the sky, and then it's a crater. God. And you're just watching was... from binoculars like three miles away. That was so good. That was so good. It was like that. And so we cut to a year later, and this is, I think, one of the best endings, if not the best ending to an anime I've ever seen. Where we start by just a ton of people kind of getting on, getting on like a ship, and they're loading up scope dogs to go and you know engage with Balarant, and four soldiers just start attacking other soldiers, and it's very quickly revealed this is Gato, Vanilla, and Coconut, and Chaco. Yeah. And they sm- and they're like, "What is this? You wouldn't, well, you can't put that on the ship." And they're like, "Fuck you!" And they like you know, knock everybody off the shuttle, uh-huh. and they pull something in, and you're not sure what it is, and then you see it's it's Kiriko and Fiona in a pod. Just a little pod. Just a little pod. They're both naked. And Kiriko's talking to them. And they're just like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, Wiseman's gone. Like, why are you doing this? And Kiriko's like, well, because of the fact that, like, we exist, they're just going to try to use us to, you know, further efforts of war. Yeah, it's, like, why, it's like, Wiseman's gone, but there's still war. So clearly this just isn't the right time for us to be here. This isn't the right time for us to be here. Like, our presence will only make things worse. And he's like, I'll never forget you guys. Like, And I think because Kiriko made the decision he did to kill Wiseman because of his friends that he made along the way. Which yeah, is no. so earnest and hopeful. It's so earnest, but it's 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 not on the nose in the way that, like... They don't say it. <laughs> no, it's never fucking spoken, but it's just so... If you, if you follow the narrative through line, it's just like the only... Like, it's, it's, it's funny 
it, it is actually funny that like Wiseman Wiseman gave like Wiseman so tightly controlled here it goes life but because Wiseman himself was so blinded by his own goals and ambitions he did not realize that like what he was doing would be the thing that ultimately like led to his demise like he gave he gave Kiriko he gave Kiriko like romantic love he gave Kiriko like communal love he he showed Kiriko a better world solely because that was the only way to let to have Kiriko live long enough to get to that point but by the time Kiriko was at that point he had he had been fundamentally changed so much to value to value so much more than what Wiseman could offer him. And I think the fir- that's what the first chunk of the series, that's, that's Kiriko's arc in the first chunk of the series, like Kumin, Last Red Shoulder, and Is, and, yeah, uh, be, and being, being given being given the opportunities and the exposure and like the the, the tools to to work out his own shit like you know he's yeah he was he was raised in war he was a soldier he only ever knew war he only ever knew soldiers he only ever knew tragedy and like he he was shown a a, a different way of living it, it wasn't you know because like again like lesser written shows like characters just sort of a lot of characters in in narratives like that will choose to like forego like like i don't need friendship i don't need this that or the other Kiriko literally just lived a life where he just never even considered them an option because they were never presented to him. Whether or not he knew they existed, I don't think he ever I not think... necessarily cared, but like it it wasn't on the table. So it wasn't worth it wasn't something to consider. Like I know Pales and Files, Kiriko has like a squad that's not Gregor, Byman, and uh and Mirza, but like I think before the series that though they were the closest thing Kiriko had to friends and those were just squad mates that kept him alive and he kept them alive yeah even then that's just like fucking like at best you could compare that to like co-workers yeah that's the closest thing that kiriko had to any serious relationship with anybody and that's heart-wrenching and so at this point he like got uh vanilla and coconut are kind of like kiriko's like what are your plans like i'm never gonna see you guys again i'm sorry like i'll never forget you but i want to know what you're gonna do and, and like fucking Co- coconut vanilla and Gilar. coconut just like fucking giggle like giggle they both that's a thing like they both just like giggle and blush like fucking middle schoolers they can't even say out loud that they're like dating and they're like in romantic love with each other fucking what babies i love them and at that point um you know they, they say their goodbyes and kiriko <laughs> and fiona are shot out into space in this little pod and they're like kiriko's like we're gonna be frozen in like 20 minutes what do you want to do and she's like pull down the window i want to look at the stars and they just kind of look at the stars and they freeze and then it just says the end and it's like that's such a good ending it's fucking beautiful it is and so from there on that that was the quent arc we still have a lot to talk about because we need to talk about the show as a whole now yeah well also big battle and big battle do you want to talk about big battle first or do you want uh or do you i want think talk we can we can big battle, big battle pretty quickly okay. So Big Battle takes place between the end of the show and the end of the show. Yeah, it takes place in the middle of a time skip. 
It takes, yeah, so, like, there's a year between, I I, I, I like to think that the events of Big Battle are maybe what can sit, or get Kiriko to maybe get the idea that maybe that's what he has to do. Yeah, like, that, that's, or, or at the very least, like, and we'll get to the very ending, which was the only, like, I was about, I was about to write off Big Battle entirely, but the very last scene was like, okay, no, this, this is a significant chapter in Kiriko's life. So, they're back on Melkia in another ruined city where battling has become even more lethal and dangerous and people are gambling over it. And yeah, and the, the, the fucking audience is no longer safe. And, uh, so right now we ha- we cut to Balarant. Rochi and I, I guess still works for Balarant. I don't quite know what his motives are anymore, what he's doing. I just ima- imagine hey, he'd just, like, fuck off to the middle of nowhere, but I guess he's just like, okay, I guess I'm already here in this military position, so I guess I'll take it seriously now. I don't know. They pay me money. <laughs> so, currently we now see a glimpse of Balaron's brand new PS program. And we got Rada Neva, who is their, their take, he's like a mix between like, a ter- like he's like bad Robocop. Yeah. Where he he's was like the fu- fucking, he's like the one of the failed Robocops that like tears off their own head. From Robocop 2. Yeah. yeah. One of the failed prototypes for Robocop 2. That's one the best of the, part about one Robocop. of the sequels. That's the best part about RoboCop 2 is that literally there is a RoboCop 2 in it. Yeah. So they destroy um not destroy that. So there's a uh, gladiatorial fight and Neva's one of the gladiators. Rochino's commanding some guys on Melkia, which is already like deep espionage. How long have these guys been here? And they're like there's a PS scientist on this planet and we want you to get him so we can make you better. But we're also using the battling matches as ways to test you. And Neva's, like, unstable. He 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 is completely unstable. He makes Ypsilon look stable. Yeah, no, he, like, he really is a worse, a worse written Ypsilon. It's just, he, fucking, like, dog, he's not a good character. I don't give a fuck about him. I, I think he's fine for the purposes of this OVA, but he's definitely the weakest character in Votoms. He's the weakest character with, like, the coolest mech, and that sucks. His mech is called the the Esserves Danger Melon. Ah! But uh, if you look at it, it the head kind of reminds me of the Comfer from, uh, from War in the Pocket. That's the one with the shotgun that, like, gets blown apart by the Gundam. Yes. Like the weird blue one, it kind—it of, looks like a Zeon mobile suit. If this was bigger and with a different proportions, I would believe that this was like a Zeta era Titans mobile suit. Yeah, it needs like chunkier legs. It needs to be thick. And uh, and also they just have a chest and a waist, <laughs> not yeah, really any um, ribs. Uh, but but yeah, like this this so like it especially it gave me this idea primarily at the start when we see him in the battle, in, like, the battle arena, doing all this, like, cool, brutal, fucking, like, blood sport type shit. And I was like, wow, this is all really fucking well animated and super flashy and cool. I don't... This isn't Votoms to me, because this is all fucked up shit they're doing, and then they're glorifying on screen. Um, and, like, that... It... That put a bad taste in my mouth because I felt like one of the one of the good things about Votums as a whole was how it 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 I I always felt that it does its best to not be to not be interested 
in the up in just the sheer surface level spectacle of mech combat regardless of whether or not if you can excuse it on the grounds of like oh but the shit it's doing is fucked up is so obviously fucked up that you're not supposed to you know be like like wowed by it it's like yeah but it's still shot super cool so like i don't i don't know about I, I know what you mean so I... but but Votom like the, but you know votoms up until this point has I, I felt at least like I never had that feeling that I had with most other mecha stuff, especially war focused mecha stuff. Um, and then, you know, the, the, then I felt Big Battle. Big Battle leaned the hardest on it. Be, probably on the because the it's probably because its narrative was one of the weaker ones. So it's like uh, Fianna's mostly a damsel in distress in this in this OVA. Unfortunately, unfortunately, another, another strike against it. That's one of the weakest parts of this OVA. There are some good moments. I like Shaco being a part of a team, and I like seeing all of them kind of work together to defeat an enemy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I do like, I do like that big sequence towards the end where, honestly, <laughs> the climax, the the last third of this is pretty good. Yeah. Um. Th- th- like basically, like just ki- like Kiriko fucking s- solid snaking his way up a big fucking tank battleship. Which just like it, it gave me so much fucking. Um... This was very Metal Gear, and I'm pretty sure Kojima has seen this, and we'll get to that when we get to the end of this. Yeah, it was very Metal Gear, and it was also it. It also retroactively reminded me of a sequence in The Mandalorian when the Mandalorian is climbing up the Jawa's big fucking tank and uh, and the avoiding. Sand yeah, the Sandcrawler. Like, yeah, it looks like a big. It looks like a big Sandcrawler because. Like Star Wars eighty. It looks this like movie, a Hayato's tower from Getarab Armageddon. This yeah, this fucking thing this whole OVA had so many things that were just so eighties genre. Be it like the sci fi stuff or the fact like I uh it, like it like the, the this the 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 PS bad guy in this absolutely it just kept giving me like like poorly written like rocky villain vibes like he gave off like ivan drago vibes and shit like that i wonder if this was directed by takahashi i would believe that it wasn't because i i know last red shoulder wasn't but uh because i was directed by like the lead animator uh okay let's see so soko kihei votam's big battle takahashi directed it wow huh uh like this is like I, I feel like me. I wish this maybe had about twenty minutes more of footage, and I wish it was called Votoms the movie, because it yeah. very much feels like this is like, you know, because when they make a movie based off of a property, it's like we just want to give you like a nice flight of things that you like from this series. So you got you know a little bit of the PS stuff. I feel like I, what I want, I would like more reason for Kiriko to even to be here aside from I'll fight because my girlfriend got kidnapped. Because that's pretty much the only reason way they could get Kiriko to to have a reason to actually want to get into an AT. Oh, uh, big... Wikipedia says Big Battle was directed by Toshifumi Takisawa. Oh, I'm on my end. Oh, yeah, he is the... They traded him as episode director storyboard, so I guess Takaha, Ryusuke Takahashi... Ryusuke Takahashi is the is this the main series director, so it's... What else did he get? He did... Oh, he, he co-directed the Ideon movies. Uh, and many episodes. Handful of episodes of Ideon. Episodes of Lazner. Episodes of JoJo 2012. 
episodes of Mellow Link, episodes of Dr- Oh wow, he's worked in like a lot. He's done he did storyboards for Zeta. Oh wow, he's been around. Gets around. He was the assistant director for Vov Toms and was and did, and was head storyboards. Neat. So I guess Big Battle was the one he did. So yeah, this has the weakest writing out of the se- out of the OVAs. But um But t- because of that it has some of the more impressive mech fight sequences. I think you can tell it was directed by one of, by somebody who directed episodes. Yeah. And it, so it's it's good. It's well directed. Like I'm not saying this is a bad OVA. It's just no. it's very underwhelming coming fresh off of Votoms. Yeah, because we of like I literally started this as soon as the finale ended, and like part like I. The thing is, like even if I were to like do the super awkward thing of te- of watching it chronologically and like pausing the last five minutes of the episode and watching Big Battle, I still would be like. This isn't the same because Quent, Quent as a whole, was so fucking different from this. This felt like this felt like like a scrapped episode from the Wudu arc that they that they retooled into an OVA. Perhaps. So basically, um, one thing I liked is that Kiriko a- asks the the PS scientist if he can turn, you know, Fiona back into a regular person so that she doesn't need Gigerium to recharge all the time. Uh huh. Because that's kind of why she's, like, AFK for most of this, because she was in a Gigerium pod recharging. Yeah. And which makes her easy to kidnap. So then, uh, Neva goes crazy and kills all of his commander, his, more, his commanders because he just, he's an imperfect, perfect soldier who's kept together yeah. with, like, spit and duct tape, and he's just, like, he reminds me of, like, a Captain America villain who was, like, a failed attempt to make another Captain America, like, kind of like Nuke. Yeah, they're really stretching. They're really stretching what a perfect soldier is. Like, honestly, if I, if, like, if, like, ask me right now, like, Tooch, do you actually think this dude's a perfect soldier? Like, fucking not. No. I think, it, I, I don't, I wouldn't no. call him a perfect soldier, but I call him, like, a perfect soldier is an attempt to make an overman. And then some, this is somebody copying somebody else's notes, attempting to adapt something. Yeah. This is like a bastardization of it. And He's, I think they do. They go out of their way to make him look so gross and like weird and cyborgy to like. They they literally that. do like they they at several times they do an X ray shot to show his like cybernetic enhancements like on his skull that's like I, I'm constantly fucking with him. Yeah, it's like he does. I wouldn't. I I like the fact that they keep referring to him as a perfect soldier when he's so obviously far from perfect. I will say one moment I liked about this is the way they did the title screen of him like zooming into Kiriko in the audience and then like it then just like freezing on him and and like printing out the logo and like dig- digitally like it's a part of his like HUD. Yeah, that was cool. That was super. That was that was cool. There's so, cool like there's cool stuff in this. So essentially, Neva pilots. He he like connects himself to up to this big battle station, and Cherokee, one of Gotho's friends, with an unfortunate name because he's just a white guy named Cherokee. Maybe, who knows? I don't want to assume anything. But he's a minor character who's one of Goth- he's like He's like a Gotho-esque, like... Like, he, he essentially... He's like a like a shady, like, back-alley boxing promoter. Yeah. For for mechs. And he's like, yeah, we're gonna do a big thing where, like, we, we do a big battle. It's like, we're doing some Roman Colosseum shit where we flood it and have two guys on boats just kill each other. Except this is a giant land battleship versus a handful of ATs, some jeeps, and a helicopter. So so everyone works together. Like you got Gotho and Kokona zipping around in jeeps, 
while Shaco is in a berserga, kind of like opening fire. Kiriko re- offer Kiriko uh, requested a lightweight scope dog that has no armor on it. So that's even more f- that's even more fragile than a scope dog somehow. Yeah, no, like like vanilla vanilla is just like won't like won't a single shot take this thing out and they're just like Kiriko said that that doesn't matter and just just do it. So like <laughs> and I mean like I'm I'm wondering if like do you think Kiriko's reality altering powers are gone and he's this he's just now based off of his like natural skill as a pilot? That's the thing, right? Like I I do wish it delved into this more of like I wish somebody would have told him like 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 Gotho would have been like, "Hey, like since you're not since you since wise man's gone now, aren't you just a normal dude?" And like I Kiriko probably wouldn't have answered him fully, but like I, I would have liked a line in there. Or something. Yeah, definitely. I kind of don't. Shal- like Shalko it. probably would have answered him. Shalko probably would have. Yeah. I I don't like that Rochino was here because I kind of like him fading off into obscurity. But I don't, I I don't know. Maybe like they uh, <laughs> they didn't feel like designing another character. <laughs> they already had his model sheet. Rochino Seiyu is uh, Banjo Ginga, who's been in a lot of stuff. He's uh. I like his voice. It's a good voice. Uh, he's a he was um, he was Geronimo Junior in the nineteen seventy nine version of Cyborg Zero Zero Nine. Oh, nice. He uh, he was Bora in Dragon Ball. He played a lot of Native American characters. Weird. He, he was King Vegeta. <laughs> he's Reeve in Final Fantasy Seven, or like the sequels that have voice acting. Uh, he's Souther in Fist of the North Star. Nice. He's uh, he's a minor character in Galactic Heroes. Everybody's in Galactic Heroes. Mm. Everybody, even even fucking Char is in, Char and Amaro are in Galactic Heroes. <laughs> uh, he was Darby the Gambler in the old JoJo. In, uh, he was Darby the Gambler in the new Stardust Crusaders. Not like the eighties one. Not like the nineties yeah. one. He, in the current one, uh, he was Ramen Man in Kinnikuman. Man. <laughs> he voiced Jigen a couple times in Lupin the Third. I, yeah, I can hear that. I believe it. Uh, he's the villain of Mazenkaiser SKL. He's Gear and Zabi. Oh. Oh. He's Gear and Zabi. That makes sense. He's Dang. the narrator of Nichijo. He's Morgan Enrico Dole the <laughs> Third from uh, from One Piece, and in one of the movies, he's Scarlet. <laughs> he was Cassios in Saint Seiya. He was. Pale sent no, not pale. He was he was Rochina. Um. Oh my God, he's the villain of Space Dandy. Wow, Admiral Perry. <laughs> um. Let's see, Space Dandy. He was Sagat in one of the Street Fighter Two animes, and he voiced actual pro wrestler uh, Antonio Inoki in Tiger Mask. Nice. Uh, he's a villain from Grandizer. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 those are his hits. That's a good career. Yeah, he has a good voice. I can totally tell that he's Garen. Six, zoom! Yeah, it's it's him. <laughs> <laughs> that's Rochina. I okay, that's cool. Everybody, who who is Kiriko? I know we're getting a little sidetracked, but who who else is Kiriko in? Uh, who else is Kiriko in? Uh, he was in Digimon Savers. Ew. He was, um... He's, yeah, oh, he's, uh... 
he, Kiriko voices Yang, he replaces Yang's voice actor who died. So in the OVAs, he's Yang. Oh. Yang in... Black Heroes. Oh. He's ancient Roman Italia. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, uh, he's one of the main characters of, uh, Tennis no Oji-sama. I think it's the Prince of Tennis, right? I, yeah, that's I, the Prince I of Tennis. So. That's the Prince of Tennis. He's one of he's one of the main rivals in Prince of Tennis. Um, he hasn't really been in that much. I thought he'd been in more, huh? He's good as Kiriko. I like him a lot. Yeah. So at this point, we get a pretty good. We get like an armored core boss fight. Yeah, basically. And uh, it's other than that, it, it, not a lot happens. Neva honestly, dies but, a pretty horrible death. Yeah, honestly, weirdly enough, like just. You know, what, you know what it reminded me of because like my 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 other point of reference for like this this is almost like a, like a like a movie after watching us like a movie with a really intense mech fight ending from a series where the the main draw of it wasn't necessarily the mech it reminded me of the fucking the mecha fight at the end of the Pat Labor movie. Yeah, it was very much like that. Just because it was just so intense, and I'm like, I like this isn't what this show's normally about, but I'm here for it. <laughs> yes, I can. I see that. It's essentially you see Kiriko leading a military operation. Yeah, Fiona being forced to like be remote controlled via like handcuffs, and that was that was really hacky. That uh, that fucking sucked. Like what, that that was something that, that that was like Hayato stuck in the robot pants and get a Robo G. That was like that shit. Like, come on, get out of here. Get the fuck off my post, fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> that was like go, go, go to guy does that, not photons. Oh no, we've t- we've t- Kiriko, we've tied all of your friends with rope to the outside of this AT. We fit two of them. Yeah, <laughs> the ATs are small. They would, they're, they're taped on, like, in Mad, like, in, like, in, uh, in fucking Road Warrior, and in uh, Fury Road, like that. <laughs> so, that big battle at the end, though, has, uh, they're all, like, because no one made any money, because though after they defeated the tank, it just kind of crashed into the ruined city that they were all hanging out in. So really, nothing was gained. Nothing was really lost. So yeah. nothing really it, mattered. But it, 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 it is revealed that the whole reason he wanted to kill Kiriko was because that like Kiriko was a red shoulder, which is kind of yeah. Like I mean, it had the cool visual of the red shoulders marching forward that they used to better effect in Roots of Ambition. Yeah, this and is the second like OVA. The... Roots of Ambition was made after this. I believe it. Um, the opening like, was weird, but I think that's because they tried to do a post-processing thing in it back in 1986. Yeah, that's what I think. The, like, they, they they tried to do a cool thing, and it's bad. They just ruined the opening. They just, like, it just looked like it looked like it, like, bled. Like, it was just, like, it had a bad Instagram filter over it. But the ending is very powerful. It's Kiriko kind of looking off of, like, a gorge, and he's holding his red shoulder, like, um... Dog tags. Dog tags, and he says, I was a red shoulder. Like, he kind of accepts that. Like, that's what I was. He said, like, but the thing is, he looks at it and he goes, I, he, not only does he go, I was a red shoulder, he goes, that doesn't, like, he's like, he. I think he asks, like, what is that, like, why does that matter? It doesn't, he's like, it does, and that's when I was like, oh my fucking god, oh my fucking god, I can't believe they put 
the the most pivotal fucking moment in Kiriko's arc at the end of this mediocre OVA because this is him finally fucking being like I no longer I am no longer bound to my past I am that today in this fucking moment I am I am I am freeing myself. I am making the decision here and now to fucking no longer be shackled by my past. It do- that does not matter anymore. And what matters is who I am now. That is the thematic tie of all of the Kill the Past franchise by Suda51. And Suda51, I think, watched this too. And probably this OVA too. Because Kiriko literally kills his past in the same way that you do in Kill the Past. <laughs> it's... I think this... O- everybody watched this specific OVA... Because if you remember at the end of Metal Gear Solid 2, mm-hmm. at the beginning of Metal Gear Solid 2, you plug in your name. And then at the end of the game, you've beat it, you've beaten Solidus, and Raiden found out his life, like Kiriko, was entirely a manufactured lie. Raiden, Snake asks Raiden, like, what, what are those? And Raiden pulls off the dog tags he had, and if you look at it, it's your name that you put on there. And he says, whose name is it? Raiden says, I don't know. And he throws it away and says, "I don't. Ma- it doesn't matter, because I'm who I am now. And that's also symbolic of Raiden removing the player's control from him. Because he'll never be a fucking playable character again except for Revengeance. Make your Revengeance 2, please. But, like, I, I, I think a lot of people watched Votoms and this OVA. Because I, I, I saw that and I was like, Hideo Kojima did that exact scene. Yeah. Um, I think You're we right watched... about- we postulate, yeah, we postulated this before that like Votoms is the anime for is the is the anime for anime directors. I just I just edited the Sunset episode like two days ago, and you literally called it the Andy Kaufman of mecha anime. Yeah, <laughs> which is very very apt. I I was like I I, I don't think I I registered when you said it because you were going into one of your your rants where you say a lot of things really quickly that all reiterate the same the same top the same like thesis. Right. But I caught that when I was editing it, and I was just like, damn, that was really astute. <laughs> Thank you. That was very astute. So um, I put the ass in astute. I don't know. If you know. <laughs> um, but so that's, that, that, that's... I think I, because I, I was, you, you were about to watch it, and I was telling you all this, and like, I, I was trying to not bum, I was trying my best to not bum you out about it too hard, but then that happened, and I was like, Never mind. This is fucking necessary. Cause like I, I, I was. This is this is the most skippable. But don't. It's all just. It's fifty episodes. This is like, you know how like this would be like. This is Votoms, the lost episode. It's like it, just imagine it as that, and keep your expectations a bit metered. And there's a very good ending. Yeah, like what? Like honestly, don't don't watch it immediately after. Yeah, because this your, came out a whole yourself, two years yourself, after the show ended. Yeah, give yourself like so so you know give yourself like a couple days. Yeah, I, I, I liked it a little better than Tooch did, but that's because I watched it, like, two, like a week after I finished Quint. Yeah, like, it, it's really better if you watch it after chewing on the show as a whole. And you just want to see, you just want to see Kiriko, Fiana, Vanilla, Coconut, and Shaco, and Gotho all interact again. Yeah, because you're right, I think, like, we don't, we don't get to the final shot of, the, of Kiriko deciding to launch himself into space without this without this final confrontation of him still having to deal with all this PS bullshit and him finally being like, you know what, actually, fuck all of this. I, I don't care anymore. And I think that this OVA is pretty important to that because this is why Kiriko decided this is the be- this is for the best, I think. 
Yeah. Because Kiriko looks kind of lost at the beginning of this. Like, he's not really... He's, I know Kiriko's usually quiet, but he's quieter than usual. Yeah, he's... Like, the only thing he cares about is getting Jigerium for Fiona. That's the only... That's his thing. Yeah, he he's really, like... He's in a slump. He's here he's because Gotham like, he wanted him to be. He, he killed God, and, like, now what? Yeah. <laughs> Which is honestly, like, we didn't we didn't bring that up. That whole, like... I don't know how intentional it was, but, like, one of... One of, like... Fuck, I'm... Now I'm, like, paranoid that I'm just misremembering. Was that this series where he's just like, I thought God was dead? Uh, well, they don't mention God until, until like, as much. They don't mention God outright, mostly, until uh, this arc. Right. I don't know. I, 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 may, I may be misremembering something. But, like, yeah, but just, like, I don't know, like, um, like in the very, like, I don't know, like in the very beginning of the show, I could have sworn there was some line of just like, there is no God or some shit like that. I, I'm sure there's a lot. There must be. Um, and I don't know. It, it just, it just made me think about that of like, wow, like not like Hiriko, Hiriko probably, if not directly textually, probably just spent most of his life being like, like clearly there's no fucking God. Like not only is there a God, he is the core reason for all of your suffering. <laughs> and Hiriko got to kill him. Mm-hmm. I also got like the idea that that's Kiriko not only freeing himself and giving himself his own destiny back, he he did that for everybody. Kiriko, so now yeah. when the war ends, it'll end maybe forever, or it'll this war will finally no longer be you know just to make us easier to control as people. Yeah, like no no mat no matter what happens, it is it is humanity's decision. Yes, Kiriko Kiriko has given the galaxy agency, and I think no matter what we do, what we do with that agency that is still important yes that we have it and again that's one of the things that the series doesn't necessarily dwell on because it's this this series is this series deals with so many big topics but it filters it through legitimately endearing characters with their own personal arcs but but it never fully masks it but it also it, it again it doesn't have the big Kojima moments. There is no fucking half hour long cutscene at the very end telling you literally every fucking thing they haven't already told you yet. And like, thinking about that as well to bring back Kojima back to Votoms, the Patriots and MGS two are Wiseman, but yes. for America. Yeah. Um, so and, it's like, and fucking the Les Enfants Terribles are perfect soldiers. They're Overmen. Yeah. Holy shit! We solved Metal Gear. <laughs> I think that's how you should sell this to people. If you let this inspired Metal Gear, yeah, it really it, it did in a lot of ways. I I really I think this is better written than Metal Gear. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. You can say what you will about Kojima's writing. I I think I love Kojima. I love Metal Gear. But honestly, like I I say that because. This this is so subtle. It's so su- it's so it's so subtle, and it's just I don't know, like, like Devin, like you, Devin, you you told me to watch this, and now it's like one of my top five mecha anime. Yeah, I I I I, I watched this in high school, and I don't think I appreciated it nearly as much as I do now because I wanted to rewatch it, and I kept meaning to, and I would never be able to get through all of Wudu without getting distracted by something. Wudu is like like Wudu's the not the weakest, but like voodoo is, voodoo is the least tight. But but even but even saying that, 
like you could probably shave a couple episodes off Wudu and then it'd be perfect. Yeah. Like honestly, I would if I was an editor, I would make my own Votoms compilation movies. Yes. Sunset and Quint would be easier to do than than Wudu and and Kumin. Yeah. Which are the ones that need movies the most. Pay us money, we'll do it. We'll figure out a way. If our pa- uh, we'll make it we'll make it a We'll make it an unspoken Patreon goal because there's probably legal ramifications for offer for offering, like, a price for us to do this technically yeah. illegal act. <laughs> so, it, it's so now let's let we're talking about the sheer series as a whole now. Yes. Because it's so now that we've gone through Quent and a big battle, let's let's throw Last Red Shoulder and Roots of Ambition in there because I consider those part of the original series because they came out before the. They, the, those came out before when Votoms kind of got a resurgence in the 90s with Shining Heresy, the sequel, and Mellow Lake. Mm-hmm. So I, I still consider these like closer to the original show than I do considering it like a sequel and prequel stuff. They they are... They are absolutely... Like, I, I wouldn't necessarily call them necessary. Like They definitely augment the show. They help a whole lot, and they, they, they further... They accentuate what's already there. They, it's, it's more, it's more flavor. Do you think Kuman was better because of Last Red Shoulder? I think so. Because I like, I, I remember, I remember just, I just remember thinking the Kuman arc was really dull compared to like, because I, well, I was more interested in the stuff set up at the end of Wudu, and I felt that we had to go through a whole other thing to get to like Sunsa and Quint. But yeah. I liked the Kuman arc way more. With after I I went into it from Last Red Shoulder, yeah, I, I I will say that like the 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 watch like the the order the watch order list that you proposed to me that we that we did for this show I like I uh, I am not super big like I am not super big on like out of out of production order watch lists of like oh man like this is the real way to like the fucking the people who try to come up with, like, weird ways to watch the Star Wars franchise. One, like, two, four, five, six. You're trying way too fucking hard. Or like, like, or, like, New Hope, Empire, one, two, three, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I don't even, I don't even know, and I don't even care. But, like, I feel like this, like, th- this felt like a really natural way to watch this shit. Um, yeah, it was. So I would suggest it. Like... Um, Because uh, I actually did that out of necessity, almost. Because I didn't want this to be a fight to do take fight. I didn't want this to take ten weeks. Yeah, and plus, like, yeah, and, and uh, also, like, it. But it, it worked does, out really it, well. It does. It does feel. It would have felt weird if we did like episodes on the arcs only, and then did a whole episode on all of the OVs. That was originally how I present, presented. I was thinking, so then we just do last. That episode. That episode would have been a fucking mess. I'll tell you that, that right would've. now. And so I think I really, I think I, I either lucked out or I was smart. I can't tell. I can't tell which. <laughs> but I'm glad that I revisited Votoms. This, this show was incredible. This is this is amazing. I I, I feel humbled by it i i am kind of in disbelief at how little people talk about votoms i'm i'm honestly i'm honestly offended that this didn't raise the bar because we just went right back to everything else like we just went like like this this i don't think so 
I mean, like in so, in some ways. I mean, like without an I think I think with this, without this, we wouldn't have got Zeta Gundam, which was the single most influential mecha series to Evangelion. Okay, I can hear that. I can see that. Because I think, I think without this, we wouldn't have seen the escalation from 0079 to Zeta. Mm-hmm. I th- I think this. I, I have I'm gonna I'm te- I'm gonna I'm I'm almost dreading watching Zeta now because how am I gonna compare that to Votoms? Oh, I think, I, I I think like the the Universal Century is such its own thing. I think we can get back in the mindset of like, man, the Universal Century is fucking good. Yeah, I really like Gun like Gundam. I always kind of, Gundam and Resident Evil. I frequently forget how much I like until I'm in it. Yeah, we're always like Resident Evil, eh, and then I pick up Resident Evil two, and I'm immediately like, this is the greatest game ever made. I love Resident Evil. Uh, I own every single one of them. Why do I always forget I love you? <laughs> the fucking the three remakes coming out. Yeah, I need to play the two remake. You haven't? I've, I, I haven't. I've... I just haven't gotten around to it. Fucking X is gonna give it to you. He is. He is. I'm excited. <laughs> so n- now that we've gone through Quint, would you still have the same ar- uh, arrangement that that you'd go two, three, four, one as your order? Um. Yes. Because I'm curious why you pick Kumin. I'm really curious about that. I, I think I don't know. I I I just liked it. I just liked it a lot. Like as it's because like you know I think that's what it is. It, it's less about like object. Like Quent obviously is an amazing finale, and but just you know when I think about the show overall, for I, me I think Sunset is my favorite. Sunset is also good. I'm. I might have to re like I would have to rewatch I, I might have to rewatch Sunset because there were there were parts where I was like a little more checked out than I than I wanted to be for Sunset because there was a lot of I don't know it's hard I I think it's one of those things which is which is always my problem with my favorite shows of like my favorite part of it is whatever I'm currently consciously thinking about right now in the front of my brain. Like, my, my favorite character is whichever one I happen to be thinking about right now, and then if I think of a different character, I'll go, like, oh, wait, no, I love that character, too! Um, and it's like that, like, like because it's like, as as soon as you said Sunsa, I started thinking about all of the great moments in Sunsa. With Sophie and, the, and Sunset. the final battle so with Epsilon. and, like, just the, the, the whole... Space uh, Battleship X, which they never even explain, but that's, you don't need to, because Wiseman teleported them there, and that was clearly there to also instill, like, probably some conditioning into Kiriko as a failsafe. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was so good. Like I don't know, I like I don't I don't think I have favorite arcs. I think I just have like favorite moments, which yeah, is most it's, of the show. I just wanted to give you that question because I wanted to tussle with it as opposed to give like straight answers. I, I, I think overall I, I I think the reason I say I think the reason I say I, I say too is I say the second arc is because it's I think it's the most it's the most different. It it it's the most different, like visually at least. Like it's like it's in the jungle. It's doing its own thing. It's it's more nom inspired. It's like it felt it was, it, it it was it was the most it was the most directly like oh Kiriko's in a war on screen and there's like there's no war flashbacks. It's like the war is now, um, as opposed to like all the all the like desert, like fucking mercenary lone wolf shit like running from like like running from other shit that he was doing like it was just interesting to see him in a different environment that we don't necessarily see him in the rest yeah, of the series because Wudu, Wudu he's on the run Sansa he's he's on the run and Quent he's looking for shit 
Yeah, and he's on Quint, the hunt. He's, Quint, he's on a goddamn spirit quest. That ends in in a in the biggest rampage. Yeah. But um, so what <laughs> I want to present here is I had a thought that I wanted to bring up on Mike because I thought it was funnier than it probably is. <laughs> but I was imagining a. I want someone to write this because I don't want to write this, but I want to read this. A long form episodic fan fiction. Uh huh. That is a workplace comedy, but in the with the cast of Votoms. <laughs> because immediately what workplace? I was, because I was listening to a podcast where somebody was complaining about middle managers and how they're the worst and dumbest because that's what they need to be. And I thought of Kanye. <laughs> so I was thinking, like, what if Kanye is like he's the head of the deli at this grocery store, and that's where <laughs> Kiriko transferred to from, like Kiriko transferred from like court from like a different store. Like, Gregor Byman and Mirza are, like, his old co-workers. Yeah, and, like, he was, like, Kiriko was, like, the employee of the month for, like, three years straight. Kiriko's also, like, is, like a veteran. Kiriko's, Kiriko's a veteran, and then, like, Rochita's, like, trying, like, Rochita, I don't know how, how he would figure into that. Like, C- Kokona, Gotho would be, like, the head of another department that doesn't do his job at all, and Kokona and Vanilla are, like, his fucking employees. Like they run like the electronics department. Yeah, right. They're they're not even in the same apartment, but they're always around. And it's like, go do your jobs. It's like a big like super Walmart. So there is like God. a deli and like Kiriko. I, I don't know where Kiriko would work. <laughs> He'd work in the auto parts. Mm-hmm. is his manager, but he doesn't respect Kiriko. Doesn't respect him at all, and neither does like Rochina, the store manager. And then it ends with Kiriko shooting his boss in the head and ending capitalism. Fuck no! He 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 shoots the fucking the the CEO that owns the mega corporation that owns his 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 grocery store chain. <laughs> and I, I don't know if this idea is as funny as I think it is, but I like I like it a lot. It's yeah no it, it honestly the 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 more the so more you work out the logistics customer. of it the more you work out the logistics of it and get hyper specific with what everyone's roles represent in the in the context of like retail employment the funnier it will it would get shaco is asset prevention <laughs> or asset loss is asset loss prevention god he's this quiet security officer so i wanted to um I wanted to bust out a new segment toward the end yes. that we're going to be more effectively using an Eday on. But uh, this is what I call in memoriam. Oh yeah. And off the top of my head, we're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna list off pretty much every important character that died in this, and I want to hear your thoughts on 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 like just their deaths. Sure. And so like if I want to just hear your reaction. So first, we're gonna say Isqui. I don't remember him. He was the chief of police. Oh. <laughs> The first one of the conspirators. Devon cops aren't people, first of all. Uh, then we got we got Burrow, the Pope-looking guy. Oh, the uh, the, the anti-Pope. Um, uh, the Pope of yeah, his. I was honestly, I was really satisfied by his death. I was just kind of expecting him just get blown up in some sequence, and it was just sort of like it. It would be one of those things of like, oh, he thought he thought he was so important, but then he just died like a punk, which happens a lot in these kinds of stuff. But it's like, no, like he he had a really tense fucking moment right up until his death. Like I loved that sequence of him being in fucking Batman interrogated, but Shiriko had no intention of Batmaning him to safety at the end. Uh, now we're gonna we're gonna cut to the OVA because I should have done this before Burrow, but I'm gonna say um, okay. We got Gregor. 
um, all of the red shoulders fucking rip in peace. Uh, they were real ones. Do you remember who was who? No. Gregor's the one who'd slap himself. Okay, yeah, he, he was, was the big cool. guy. Uh, Byman was the one who's kind of like a flippant punk with the robot arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the he he, he was the one who actually got Palson in the end. Yeah, he got Palson. Then you got then you got Mirza, who's the one who's mad all the time. Yeah. And then Bob's gonna say Palson, General Palson. Good, glad, glad he's dead. Satisfying, top ten satisfying anime deaths. Uh, and then just to throw, just because there's only really one major character death in, uh, and there's two major character deaths, then I only remember the name of one of them in, in Roots of Ambition. We can do, uh, In Memoriam Carson, uh-huh. Kiriko's sort of friend, and then we got, then we got the, the, uh, the, the warden. Who tried oh, to yeah. Keep, fuck him. Yeah, fuck him. Uh, okay, so now we're back to Kumi. We got Kanyu. He's the Weasley fucker. Oh, good. Glad he's the, dead. The middle manager. Yeah, glad he's dead. Fuck him. Oh, uh, we got Gonnu with the glass eye, because I think he died. <laughs> I, think I think he died. I think he died. If he did, A lot of people died in that one. Uh, we got Monica from Kumin. Yeah. Rip in peace. We got Kanjelmon, the prince. <laughs> Rip in pieces. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Sunsa. I don't think Zofie died. I don't think anyone died in Sunsa. Ypsilon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the shade on Ypsilon. Oh, poor Ypsilon. I oh, last fucking, poor how, Ypsilon I knew Honestly, well. like, what a... Ima- imagine... Like, I don't even necessarily think this would be a bad thing. It would just be so wildly, fundamentally different. Like, fucking imagine if... if imagine if fucking Ypsilon face-turned in, which is like the Vegeta of Otoms. That would... I, I hope that's a scenario you can do in Super Robot Wars. Fucking... Yeah, that'd be cool. Because you... That, you know, what if... What if they fused into, like... Yipsico? That'd be cool. <laughs> Yipsico... If that is what they do, the fusion dance, if they put on the earrings, then they turn into fucking Cheerion. Cheerion? I was gonna say Chipsalon. <laughs> oh, Chipsalon, that's better! <laughs> I was, are you sad that... I, I liked, I liked, um, Ypsilon's death. I, I liked that. I did. I, 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 I did. I, I liked it. I, I liked his whole arc. It was good. And now we're, we're getting into Quince, so we got the Schmetal twins, Aaron and Gurren. Aaron and Gurren. Fucking, honestly, did not expect. I didn't expect to care about them. Period. And yeah. They they really fucking pulled through in the end, and were and were memorable. They were memorable fucking characters. They had, they they were active players in that last fucking arc. I, I that was good. This is a good show with good writing. And we got Killy. Fucking lived up to his name. And then he's dead. We got Wiseman. Um. Honestly, still, at, at at the end of the at the end of the day, I think just just from the fact of his of his screen time, I still prefer his inspira- his, his the, the 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 AI that inspired him, Hal Hal Nine Thousand. Um, I I just because I think like you know they they were holding their cards so close to the chest that like we only got so we only got so much time to really experience Wiseman for what he really is. And it was just like, wow, this is like a big, loud, angry man who uploaded his brain into a computer. <laughs> and now he's slowly dying. So yeah, that's In Memoriam. Uh, final thoughts on on 
this magnum opus episode we have that's a million hours long because we had to talk about Votom's big battle and all of Votom's. If you fuck it, like fucking, this is gonna sound so out of character for me because it's just like it's it comes off as so elitist. But like if you fucking like if you fucking like claim to like Mecha and you haven't fucking seen Armored Trooper Votom's, like I don't know what to tell you, dog. Like you have some homework. Yeah, everyone. Everyone should watch Votoms if you are at all into the mecha genre, or even just war media. If you're into action anime, if you're into eighties anime, there's a ton of reasons to watch Votoms. It's, it's it's one of the best eighties anime. It's one of the best war drama anime. It's one of the best mecha anime. It's it's, it's good. so good, and Ryusuke Takahashi said it. It's Votoms is like golf. It can be very meditative. It can be very slow. Some people might find it boring, and there's not a lot of cute girls around. Cause like it's it's not, and like I I think one of the problems I I think the more we go into this fucking like late capitalist hype like hype train focused me like that's the thing right it's like especially genre media especially science fiction fantasy what have you like anything that like blows up or is called super good it's 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 you know it still has its merits but I feel like which like everybody in big media is chasing that dragon of like trying to have the fucking you know the moment at the end of avengers endgame when fucking captain america picks up thor's hammer it's like i hate disney i hate that whole thing and i'm so done with the mcu that fucking got me i was hollering i was hollering but it's like we we only know at least in terms of like like there, there's always film buffs out there. There's always people who are. There's always people out there, individuals who are more willing to like contemplate subtler media. But like in terms of the mass audience and what we're what we're what we're shown, what we're what we're told to consume, we gravitate towards the stuff that's easiest for us to have access to and to even know about and to be able to talk about because everybody's seen it because big media tells everybody to see it because they have the money and resources to reach the most people to say this is what you like. We've decided for you. Um, Votoms isn't that. It's not. I, it, it's I, not I that. Ha- like even like like even even like even Universal Century Gundam has plenty of moments in its in in the overall Gundam franchise that's like some of it's more hype than anything else, and there are more contemplative moments, especially in like 0079. But like Votoms isn't that. So I like it's not saying I, that Votoms doesn't have exciting action sequences. It definitely does. It's a riveting show. But that's not what they're the, about. That's not what the show's about. Resources they had. That's not what it's about. Like, but that's not what, and that's not what it's about. And so, like, even when it does have, even when it does have, like, exciting moments, if you just isolated those exciting moments outside of the context of the rest of the show, and you just like put them side by side with like a fight scene from any other anime, Votoms would probably look mediocre. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's the the, the way that the, the action is in service of the plot. The plot is not in service of the action. Yes, and it, it's it's there for stakes. It's there for and it's there for tone. It's 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 like like for example, the action is the t- is the plot of Gundam, but in a good way because it's all about the people, the, the main cast, the white base trying to survive in this horrible situation they're in. Yeah, they have no way out of. This is different. This is similar, but I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's you know because it, because it, it, it's 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 a it's a subtle it's a subtle difference and it it's the show wouldn't exist without it's a subtler it's a subtler show it it definitely also wouldn't exist without Gundam I think 
yes, it's it's this weird, you know, I guess not weird, but, you know, it's the, you know, they they are contemporaries. In, so the, the overall franchises are contemporaries. In I see so this I as a contemporary, despite just how, like, once again, while this was airing, the, I, think, I think, like, the third Gundam compilation movie dropped as the show was starting. Yeah. But, like, it's weird because I see this more in line with, say, Macross, because two shows that were directly inspired by Gundam but did their own radically different thing with the ingredients. Yeah, I think, like, Macross, like, Macross was started by just, like, motherfuckers who, like, loved Gundam a bunch and wanted to do their own Gundam. Yeah, and then they just, they just went in a different direction with it, because, like, Macross, Votoms, and Gundam all share a lot of the same ingredients, but they're radically different dishes. Yeah. And it's... I, I like all three of those franchises. I like them in, in probably... I'd say I, I like Votoms a lot more than I did. I don't know if I'd like Votoms as much as a franchise as I do as an individual anime. Yeah, because, like, honestly, like, it, it it really isn't... I mean, I guess it is. I mean, like, what is that? You said there was, like, a sequel series or something? There, There's, um... Okay, so there is... The Shining Heresy is a six-episode OVA that is a sequel to it. And then there's the Paleson Files, which is a prequel CGI series, where like all the people are animated, but all the all the ATs and action sequences are are like CGI. Okay. And then, unlike MS Igloo from Gundam, which is all CGI. Yeah. I like those a lot, but so I was thinking we could do MS Igloo and Paleson Files kind of like around the same time to compare and contrast the two weird OV like CGI OVA spinoffs. I would like that. After that, there is Mellow Link, which is, uh, Mellow Link came earlier, but that's just kind of like a spinoff. Yeah. There's Votom's Finder, and there's Votom's, uh, there's another one, what is it? Um, give me six seconds. Once again, I'm going to cut this just until I say it. Mm-hmm. da because I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Case Irvine. There's there's Votom's Case Irvine, which is... Uh, um, I know Case Irvine and Votom's Finder have absolutely nothing to do with the main series. Just take place in the same universe. Then there's Kiriko's Return and Phantom Arc, which came out... Kiriko's Return takes place between Shining Heresy and, Palesen, and, um, and Phantom Arc. And then Phantom Arc is the direct sequel to Shining Heresy. Hmm. But... I, there are some spoilers I know from Shining Heresy that make me kind of go, eh. And also, I kind of don't want Kiriko to come out of his fucking freeze pod. No, he shouldn't. At the very least, like, there shouldn't be a story to tell. There shouldn't be a conflict. Because that because Shining Heresy only takes place, like, 30 years later. Yeah, fuck that. That's some, that's some Star Wars prequel shit. That's some Star Wars sequel shit. Yeah, of that too. Um... Yeah, I was gonna say because you were saying because that, that that was a criticism that many I I just decided not to go watch it, but about Rise of Skywalker that every apparently like a lot of people said that every moment was trying to be Captain America grabs Mjolnir. Every moment in the movie was trying to be that because everything needs to be that moment where everybody screams in the audience because nobody can just sit there and quietly enjoy a movie anymore. Yeah, no, no, no contemplation. Do not do not think, just consume. It's it's awful. And I'm sad that that Star Wars got reduced to that. Yeah. I'm sad that Marvel got reduced to that. I'm sad that film and media have been reduced to that. All right, Scorsese. I, I, <laughs> I watched. I, watched, I agree. This is how much of an asshole that I am now. 
is that I watched um I watched uh, Big Battle on my phone just because I was at work and it's it's been dead at work. So I've been watching. I was like, okay, I have like an hour to kill. I'll watch Big Battle now, so I don't so I don't have to do it when I get home. And I watched Big Battle on my phone, and I just kept hearing in the back of my voice like David Lynch saying, "You're gonna watch a film on your telephone? Get real. Fuck that. Get real. What the <laughs> fuck is that? You're gonna you're being robbed. And you're being cheated. Don't watch a phone. Don't watch it on your telephone. What the fuck is that? Get real." <laughs> I kept hearing that drilling into the back of my skull. And <laughs> I'm like, thank you, David Lynch, for keeping me grounded. Go watch it in a seedy theater while you smoke a cigarette, and the only other person in there is masturbating. <laughs> I just think he says that, he like, how can you focus on something that small with er- everything else around you? How can you even truly be watching a movie at that point? I did have that thought when I found out that you could buy movies for the fucking PSP. Yeah. That was rough. I tried what to watch Pirates of the... I watched Pirates of the Caribbean 1 on it. Everybody had one PSP movie. Mine was The Matrix. Damn, that, would, that was a better one. I should have had that. Uh, so this is Votom's final thoughts before I, 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 I let you ramble about how much you dislike Rise of Skywalker now that you're less, now that you're less mad about it. With um, I'm just kind of done talking about Rise of Skywalker. I'm just like exhausted. It's not fun to talk about. It's so not. It's not. It's not fun. Like it's bad. It's it's a rough. It's a rough film. We'd like um, to talk about Star Wars more, but we also don't want to be the kind of people that would have a Star Wars podcast. Woof! Fuck. Um. Votoms good. Votoms is very good. Um, we followed Kiriko from the city of Wudu to the jungles of Sunset, to the jungles of Kumin, to the dead world of Sunset, to the god planet of Quent. And thank you for joining us on this journey. Um. We are going to be taking a bit of a, not a hiatus, but we're going to be taking a bit of a, a uh, little bit of a break just to talk about Symbionic Titan next week. Yeah! And after that, we're starting the Edeon arc. Do you want to roll roll through our plan for Edeon? Because I'm sure we have already, but do you want to do that real quick? I don't know it offhand. Okay, so we're going to be doing, we're splitting Edeon into th- into three, ep- into four episodes like we did Votom, even though Edeon is shorter. I'm not sure exactly how we're going to divvy up the episodes. Um, I'll figure that out as I go. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what episode I want to stop the first one on. I just can't remember it off the top of my head. Okay. But we're going to do three episodes for just the Edeon TV show, and then we're going to do A Contact and Be Invoked. In between those four episodes, we have... I Since I since Tooch picked Edeon, I picked this to the, sh- the smaller shows. So if we're going back to Gundam. We're doing Gundam the Origin. We're going to do all six episodes. We're going to talk less about the first two, because we already discussed those in depth, so it's mostly going to be three through six. Mm-hmm. But we'll still we can still go over what happens in the first two. Oh yeah, sure. Just if you want us to talk about those in more detail, you can look at our old SDs. I won't because I don't. I I I don't know. I have weird feelings about listening to my old podcasts. Less because I it, less because I hate hearing my own voice. I think it's the opposite reason. I think I don't like how narcissistic I am when I when I will laugh at my own jokes. I think I love my own voice too much, so I don't like hearing old shit. <laughs> I mean, that's why you're in a podcast. You like to sound your own fucking voice. Yep. That's the point of being in a podcast. It, um, it very much is. So, then in between uh, Edeon 2 and 3, we will be doing Gundam 0083 Stardust Memory. Yeah. So that way, chronologically, we are clear to go straight into Zeta whenever we want to. Nice. We, we still have MS Igloo, and we have... Um, the other thud, the the second Thunderbolt ONA, we have, 
Um, so there's other Gundam stuff we can do in the One Year War. I just kind of want to be done with the One Year War. Because that's all we've talked about with Gundam. I think every, every... You know who else wants to be done with the One Year War? Everybody in the One Year War. Yeah. So I want to talk about... Because I'm going to try to accelerate us going through Gundam. I want to go through Zeta, Double Zeta, and Charge Counterattack before Hathaway's Flash comes out in the summer. Mm-hmm. Or at least get through Zeta and Charge Counterattack, and maybe we'll do Double Zeta after Charge Counterattack. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, just because I want to do Hathaway, I want to get you caught up to, like, Unicorn and stuff for Hathaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Double Zeta's important for Unicorn. We can get into that later when we do Zeta. Would we watch... So I, I assume the the OVA episodes are still the best way to watch Unicorn, because they cut it up into a series. Yeah, the pacing of the the way they cut it up, and just watch the OVAs. Okay. There's there's nothing is added in the TV cut. There's no per, There's no point in watching it that way. Okay. Like, you don't have the really good, like, you know how, like, in the Gundam movies, they have the really good intro and outro segments? Mm-hmm. Imagine if they cut those so they could just fit a generic anime opening and ending. No. That's, that's re-96. So, if you, if you like TV anime that much, I guess, you're, it's the same shit, just it's a lesser way of experiencing it. If you really need those 22-minute chunks, if, if you're one of those people who, like, who refuses to watch one 90-minute movie, but when you sit down to watch a TV show, you watch it for three hours straight? Like, I guess do that. But also, you're a weirdo, and I don't understand how you function. Like, you've been putting off watching Akira, but you're on your third rewatch of One Piece. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, after that, after after Double 83, in between the, the final, in between, you know, episodes three and four which will be, you know, the end of Ideon and the Ideon movies, we will be doing Space Battleship Yamato Part 1, and then after Ideon, Space Battleship Yamato Part 2. Yeah! Our first guidance of the new era. Woo! So, uh, last question, I guess. Did you cry at the ending? Because I did. I did not. I did. I, when they do the piano version of the opening, I was teary. It got me. Uh, that was, those 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 squeezed some tears out of me. That choked that choked me up because that, that is one thing that we only talked about a little bit. But like that's in the, that's in the, that's the other good thing that I want to hit home about Votom's amazing soundtrack. I would have it on vinyl. I'm buying it on vinyl as soon as I can because all there's four L, there's four vinyls for every there's um there's one for every arc. Yes, I did see that. I did remember seeing that on Twitter, and I was like, man, I want that. I just buy them to have the cool packaging and has the all the concept art on it. Yes, that too. Fuck. Votoms is fucking sick. Do you believe now that Kiriko could kill the anti-spiral with his fucking gun? He... T- I, I, I watched him do it, Devin, <laughs> in the Quent arc. I like how now that I've, I, now that I've rewatched Votoms, I no longer think that's ridiculous. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, I, I do suggest if uh, you just watched Votoms and you want to see something cool... Look up uh, somebody's playthrough of the final Votoms level of Super Robot Wars Z2. Because instead of just Kiriko fighting Wiseman, Wiseman, like, downloads his consciousness into, like, 30 uh, Bloodsuckers. Yeah. Which is cool, because the Bloodsuckers are really fucking cool. <laughs> but that's also not what the show is about, but it can be, because it's the show has substance, and there's also fluff on top of the substance. Yeah, that's not what, that's not what, the, that's not what the show's about, but that is what Super Robot Wars is about, so it's fine. It's fine. It, it, and I'm glad that Super, that Votoms is a staple of the franchise. Now it's been there since Z, since 2009, in every installment. It's good. Uh, so, do we have any emails or nah? 
Nah, not yet. But if you want to email us, you can you can hit us up at mechtrospective at gmail dot com or uh, or on Twitter. We did get oh we did get a Twitter. We did somebody added us on Twitter. Um, let me bring it up. Oh, hello. Let me see. Just like you know, it was a quick little somebody. Uh, Duffy Austin, Duffy A, who I think was like a longtime listener of us. Um, asked familiar. us, uh, what are like, what are your thoughts on the recently concluded Transformers co- comic series? Um, and I, like, uh, more than meets the eye. And I was, I just sort of replied like, uh, we don't know anything about Transformers because Transformers is its own beast entirely in terms of the overall mecha franchise. And, but it is something that at the very least I would like to be more well read on. I, I do, I do some Transformer stuff. I like, I'd. Just like I'm, I'm, I'm not the biggest. I'm, I like, I'm not gonna lie. I, I have like minimal interest in Transformers, but that could change. I don't know. I could it's, appreciate you know, it's it just a because, little like, differently. It's, it's such a, it's so tangentially mecha. Like it's obviously mecha because it's about giant robots. But in terms of the, in terms of the understood tropes that have grown throughout the rest of the genre, Transformers exclusively does its own. Thing. Transformers has its own tropes and its own franchise and its own fan base. There's not a whole lot of cross culture. There's, there's not. It's a, there's, there is like a Venn diagram where you'll find a, a small Venn diagram where there is a nice sweet spot of Transformers and Mecha fans. And I think that the space where that occupies is the Brave series. I was about to say the Brave, like the Brave series. The Brave series is the bridge between Mecha and Transformers. What if we did? What if we? What if we did Galagagar and, like, read Transformers comics between them? Uh, I'd do that. I was gonna say, I'd, I'd, I'd want to talk about, like, the Transformers the movie so we can have... That too. So that we, ha- we, can, st- we can start an episode with You've Got the Touch. <laughs> oh, God, hell yeah. Any excuse. That'd be good. But I think, but thank you, Duffy A. Uh, yeah, just add us on Twitter. I'm always online, unfortunately, despite my best efforts. Uh, yeah, you can reach us at Twitter, uh, at Metrospective. You can reach me at um, at R-O underscore Bohemian, Ro-Bohemian. Yeah, and I'm, uh, that's uh, me. I'm, I'm out of tooch, all one word. We're also metrospective at gmail.com. If you ha- if we got anything wrong, feel free to put the subject as Hey Douchebag, and we'll probably read it. Yep. Um, so for now, uh, we cry at robots. God, this was such a good show. We cry at robots. Armored Trooper Votoms is... Armored Trooper Votoms is so good. Yeah, please, please, if you, I, I'm pleading with you, if you have watched, listened to all of these, and have not watched Votoms yet, you are doing yourself a disservice. Like, I promise you, even if you are not a big mecha fan, and you're just listening for our banter, which apparently some people do, please give this one a shot. From the bottom of my heart, it would mean a lot to me. I think the world would be a better place if more people watched Armored Trooper Votoms. I'm not even being hyperbolic. No, same. Uh, and for that, we cry at robots.